You're joining us live on Utreon so we can actually hold guns. That's right. If you're listening to this on audio later, you're listening to the audio podcast, you want to join us live, go to Utreon slash Who Moved My Freedom Podcast. That's where you can join us. If you're watching this on YouTube because we, we put it up on YouTube, we do it here instead because we can actually hold guns. So um, that's how that goes. Uh, check that out, <laughs> man. Okay, panic rival. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm just showing like a little Smith and Wesson and then Tonto. That's badass what you got right there. So we're gonna we're gonna have some guns. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Like that's a sexy gun right there. I like that. Yep. That's what you call the uh, canic rival, like competition ready right out of the box type thing, and it's got the matching Sweet. shield uh, color. Red dot, so yeah, very uh, nice. One of my reviews coming up here. I can't wait to get yeah, on this. Absolutely. So we got the next hour to talk about all this. Of course, joining me live here uh, is Todd Elfster of Elfster's R Rifles and Reloading and EP Integrations. We're going to talk about all of that as we get into the podcast. Here, let me smash the open button and get this going. Welcome back to the Hank Strange Situation: Lifestyles of the Locked and Loaded. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Move My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Franklin Armory. Franklin Armory provides 100% U.S.-made firearms and awesome binary option triggers. Their focus and purpose is to provide freedom tools to all Americans, especially those in not-so-free states. So when you're in the market, please consider Franklin Armory. All right, boom! <laughs> we are back here. It's a little... Little crazy and chaotic behind the scenes here, uh, getting set up because you know we had some technical difficulties. But there you go, Todd Elser is joining me there. Let's do the jazz hands. I don't know if you remember this or not, Todd. There we oh, go. Yeah. Jazz hands. Man, it's been a while. It's, it's definitely been a while, man. Well, yeah. I think it's been almost two years since I've been on here. Has it? Wow, really? Has it been that long? Okay. Well, happy, Hi, happy yeah. New Year. Welcome back to the show. What are you gonna say? Well, I think the last time I was on here was with uh, Ray with Action Channel, if I remember correctly. Oh wow, yeah, that has been a long time. Let me make sure your yeah, name's been a while. popping up there for everyone. Okay, so you guys out there, let us know how the audio is. Like I said, we've got Todd Elfster of EP Integrations and Elfster's Rifles and Reloading joining us. So we are going to talk about some reloading stuff, gun stuff, all that kind of good stuff. Catch up because it's been a while. Um, Big sh Oh, this is episode 958, by the way, of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. So there you go. Man. I and it's my birthday. And, and happy birthday to you. What are, what are <laughs> you? Uh, let's see. What's your sign? If if What are we, January 10th or something? Yeah, I'm 48, man. I think my sign is damn old. <laughs> <laughs> You're a baby. 48. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think I'm going to be 51 this year. <laughs> <laughs> you're oh, a youngster <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah um let me give some quick shout outs to everyone out there 42 chilled is out there he's got a lot of new stuff he threw in here i'll try to uh go back through that as well as i see jade grew shooting gallery and he is out there as well shout out to him i know that he um he i think today i saw that he posted that his um tiktok channel was permanently uh, removed. So, sorry about that, man. Sorry to hear that. He'll probably explain it to you guys who are out there if you want to know more about that. And um, as I was saying, 
Todd is here. We're going to talk about EP integrations as well. So I'm pulling up the website right now and we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. But welcome back to the channel, man. Like you said, it's been a while. I appreciate it, man. It's, you know, come back and talk to a good friend like yourself. Uh, it seems like it's been a long, long time since we met up with each other. I think last time it was mm -hmm. either SHOT Show or uh, what, uh, the PSA Media Days event, I think. Is that the is that the last time we actually saw each other in person? I think so, man. I, I'm pretty sure. That oh. was, it just it seems so long ago, but it seems like just yesterday too. So I don't know. It's so weird. Oh, okay. You don't go to the gathering that uh, PSA does, right? Oh, because you're you're no. Right. Yeah. I was going to go, mm -hmm. and I have all intentions to go. And matter of fact, uh, I actually talked to Chad here about uh, EP mm -hmm. integrations going here. Probably mm -hmm. not this year, but the following year. Mm -hmm. and uh showing off some of our products so okay so for the folks who don't know who you are let's do a little refresher for everyone out there tell the folks who you are what you do everything I, you know you're, you're you've got a youtube channel lots of stuff going on fill the folks in yeah sure so i think i started my youtube channel uh gosh back in 2015 uh, matter of fact, I think I started out with uh, how to build an annealer. Probably mm -hmm. Actually, my most popular uh, video to date, I think it's got about a quarter million views, is a do-it-yourself annealer, very similar to uh, the annealers that we sell now, but it's not adjustable. Mm -hmm. um, and it had a do-it-yourself part list in the video. It showed you how to make it. And it was really popular. People really liked that. It's for 100 bucks, you can make your own annealer. Matter of fact, it's still up there. And um, I leave it up there because uh, you can't even afford our annealer. Mm -hmm. And um, but the problem is, is it was non-adjustable. Uh, it, it could only do roughly about two, two, three up to three oh eight parent cartridges, like six five cream or two, two, three, um, three oh eight. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, uh, my channel's definitely grown since then, and I would say it's huge. But I, I think I'm pushing about twenty thousand subs. Okay, um, but. No, that's I, not easy in these I'm, times for like gun guys uh, man yeah it isn't man it isn't and uh you know back in the day uh i was actually doing better with ten thousand subs than i'm doing now with twenty thousand subs <laughs> it's so weird but whatever I, I, I still keep on pushing the freedom and um mm -hmm. and i get my gun in there and obviously i like to teach people how to reload and as a matter of fact uh, a lot of times i'm reloading live so i'm literally got the comment board right up on my screen here at the reloading bench and mm -hmm. people are asking me questions hey man what do i do here for reloading and uh you know right right there live i can answer the questions so mm -hmm. and then um about a year and a half almost pushing two years ago uh my good neighbor and friend right next door to me uh we were in the backyard 11 o'clock dark in a campfire and we're drinking beers and He's a machine. That's how I knew he had a CNC machine in his garage. And I'm like, hey, man, uh, you want to make annealers? He's like, what the hell is an annealer? Yeah. <laughs> so, that was, so, that was exactly I what I told you when you were telling me about these annealers. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. We will explain it for you guys coming up, though. Yeah. Right. And, you know, so we're sitting around the campfire drinking beers. And so I showed him the do-it-yourself annealer. Uh, matter of fact, I think I even have it here. The very first annealer that's on that video i did many many years ago uh, uh but it's not adjustable it's just a fixed drum uh we can only do like i said roughly 223 to 308 
I'll explain what an Ehler what a Ehler yeah. does here eventually. And an Ehler um, looks like a record player almost, like a little shrunken down <laughs> record player from the top. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I said, hey man, I want to make these annealers, but I got an idea of how to make them adjustable, and then we kind of melded our our ideas together and our our wits. And obviously, mm-hmm. he's a machinist, and um, we came up with the EP two point annealer, which is trying to figure out this camera angle, right? here mm-hmm. so and then just recently just literally the day we released the updated version that's got an updated case to it so mm-hmm. um but yeah it's exciting and it's really exploded i i never thought it would get to this point mm-hmm. uh we we can't make these annealers fast enough and wow. we also came out with the uh lockdown reloading blocks for reloading ammunition it's a special reloading tray that mm-hmm. uh, holds your ammunition while you're, you know, dropping powder and about to keep those bullets. This is oh. fully adjustable um, okay. from 223 and uh, just under 223 and up to 375 shy tack. So, um, but yeah, and how does you it? Want, I can, it holds the it holds the shell casing or what? what yeah. So what this does is um, I could try and do this as best as I can live, mm-hmm. but this has a, a middle plate that is adjustable, so it kind of slides back and forth. Oh, I see. We, so it could grab it. Yeah. So we have a. Oh. This is patent pending. We have a, a patent on this, and it's oh. fully adjustable from two two three. I'll try my best to do this with one hand, but you can see I could put my two two three rounds in there, and then I can shut this, so you can see it kind of clamps down on it. Yeah. Then you tighten and, those screws. Yep. And then I tighten these screws up, or if I want to go from 223 to say 375 shy tack, I could put 370 shy tack, and I'll literally adjust in one second. And it's a fully adjustable uh, reloading tray. Um, and we sell these, the stainless, not the stainless, but the aluminum version here for 99 bucks uh, on our website. Oh. And uh, this is about to come out here soon. As a matter of fact, no one's even seen this yet. This is the red, white, and blue uh, Cerakoted. And we also have a, a black anodized one. So, and um, just kind of, you know, I guess I'm spilling all the beans here. On, on the, Go for it, <laughs> man. Free so this is the, the big bar block that uh, no one's even seen. And it's rather than 50, like this one here. Mm-hmm. This one, and this one will go up to 370 Shytac. This one here will go up to 50 BMG. So, but it only holds 25. So it does the exact same thing. It's just uh, 25 rather than 50 count. Uh, but you're literally talking, you know, 375 Shytac, 50 BMG. So, and just to give you an idea, uh, this is 223. So, <laughs> you know, it gives you an idea okay, of your so- range that, that yeah. it can do and it, yeah. it's not only that on the the lockdown blocks but it's also on the kneeler the kneeler is fully adjustable too okay. uh all the way from 17 hornet to 50 bmg which is you're talking one of the smallest cartridges so um, just just to uh pause for a second so that we can uh you know bring some folks up to speed who don't know i know 42 chilled here when you were talking about the annealer he said propane torch is that like the old school way that people do annealing? And then explain annealing to, to us also. Sure. Those things. Yeah. 
So um, let me go over annealing first. So mm-hmm. when you resize brass uh, in the reloading process, the uh, brass has a tendency to get work hardened. And what, what can happen is it'll reduce the longevity of the brass. Um, you'll get split necks easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just doesn't last as long. So in order to mm-hmm. increase the longevity of that brass, uh, we'll anneal it. And what annealing does is it obviously helps the length, helps with less split necks. It gives you more consistent head space bumps um, and more consistent neck tension, especially if you're in the precision world, such as PRS or F-class bench rest, you name it. I don't know really any guys that don't reload and don't anneal. I mean, mm-hmm. they all anneal that I know of. Mm-hmm. And there's... And what the annealing process does is it helps softens that brass and get, gets it back to a recrystallization state of, of, of a softer brass so it doesn't crack on the neck and you get more firings out of the so brass. If you, when you, okay, so just for my understanding, right, when you're working with the, with the brass over and over again, uh, just changes in temperatures and forming it and all that, if, you, if you're not doing it properly, you can make it brittle, right? So does does that uh, uh, is that right or wrong what I'm saying there? Right. Okay. There's a couple things actually what mm-hmm. happens when you when you fire you pull that trigger the sear releases the firing pin comes home on the uh, primer mm-hmm. the primer ignites ignites the powder and that case literally builds fifty thousand uh, plus pounds per square inch and that brass literally expands rapidly and, and seals off in the chamber that's why they use brass because brass is malleable. It expands in the chamber and it seals off okay. super tight. The chamber forces all that gas down the bore and pushes the bullet out the bore. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of work hardening it. But mm-hmm. typically, more times than not, when you that brass expands uh, in length and width, um, and when you have to resize it back into spec so you can reload it again, that's called work hardening the brass. Okay, and that's just what will ruin its longevity. It will give it its uh, split necks. And then when it comes to reloading it, when you resize it in the resizing die, you're always going for consistent headspace bump. And when we say consistent headspace bump, we're talking down to a thousandth of an inch, thousandths, two thousandths of an inch headspace bumps. And that helps with that uh, precision reloading. Okay. It just always amazes me how much actually goes into reloading, right? It's not... Uh, from the outside, it may seem like, oh, this is simple. You get the brass, you know, you can shoot it, then you can just do some stuff easily and reload it. But it's it's a lot more complicated than that, it's, it seems. Yeah, everything really comes down to the word consistency. Okay. And mm-hmm. I'm not just talking uh, annealing brass. Uh, we're talking about when it comes to resizing the brass, we're consistently mm-hmm. bumping literally every piece of uh, mm-hmm. headspace on the brass you know, one to two thousandths of an inch. Or when I say headspace, I mean the distance from the base of the brass to the midline of the shoulder or the mm-hmm. datum line. That's called the the headspace. We're literally bumping that back, at least in our bolt action, usually two thousandths of an inch, okay. uh, maybe three to four thousandths of an inch in an AR. And you know, not only that, but it, it's just when you're dropping powder, I mean, I, I don't know if you could see this or not, but mm-hmm. I got like the super trickler here. I don't know if you could see that or not, but the super trickler uh, will literally Is drop that that white can powder. behind you? Yeah, it's a okay. it's a lab scale, and it okay. will drop gunpowder 
when I say to the very kernel, the literal kernel of powder, and it will drop it, no joke, within five to seven seconds, it is that accurate. <laughs> On literally every single oh casing. God. How, you yeah. Know? And then, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. it, you know, seeding bullets to the thousandth of an inch. And it's, like mm-hmm. I said, it comes back to that work consistency. So. Okay, cool. Um, so let me just uh, let everyone know that there is a promo code. Lola put it in the chat uh, for EP integrations that uh, that Todd's been nice enough to give us, and that promo code is Hank Strange, right? And yeah. that saves you five percent if you use the promo code at EP integrations, and uh, it's good from today the tenth until the seventeenth at EP integrations for anyone who's out there looking, listening. Uh, we'll try to get that in the description and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, uh, Lola says, how did Todd get started in reloading? Is there a class? Uh, I, I would say people can look at your channel, obviously, but go, go for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the way at least I started was back in Sniper's Hide. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. Turn of, I don't that must have been about 2012, 2011. Uh, I was just on the forums there, and I really got sick of listening to people say how their precision rig shot half minute, half minute of angle all day long. And I, I kind of called some people out. I'm like, well, you know, prove it to me. You know, if you say your gun literally shoots a half minute of angle literally all day, uh, why don't you prove it to me? So I started uh, uh, a thread on there that I ended up getting pinned. And it was called the six by five thread. And okay. it, it, or, you know, this is before, you know, kind of, you know, phones were just coming out. People could just start uploading pictures and the, the, there was rules to the game and a, and a leaderboard. And you had the shoe on one target, six total five shot groups shot in a row. And we had a computer system that would average up your target. And it would literally tell you how accurate you were with you and your rifle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it kind of exploded there on Sniper's High, and that's where actually my name, Elster's, Elster, comes from, because that was my form name back then, of Elster. And, um, but I was just, you know, before that, I was just using uh, factory ammunition. I just, like, man, it's just not, it's not doing it for me. And I, I want more accuracy. And, okay. Uh, I, I can't stress this enough, Sniper's High, they got mm-hmm. a section on there on reloading, and it's really ex- extensive in regards to how to reload, or what kind of reloading... Mm-hmm. Uh, people are using what load uh, pet loads work best for them on, depending on what cartridges they're using and I just kind of read up on all that information sucked it in got some manuals never really went to a class and just kind of taught myself and I got to the point where I felt like I could teach other people that's where I started my own channel okay um, so really so for started, so but. so you were using rifle reloads or rifle I mean um, not what am I saying factory ammunition and the, all these guys are saying how they were so accurate and you just didn't get that whole thing. But from that thread, you came to realize that they were reloading their own stuff and that's why they were getting consistency? Well, not inconsistency, but just more accurate okay. results. I could touch them with okay. a temple pole. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, like, I'm like, if I'm going to, you know, try and get anywhere to the realm of these guys' accuracy, and then mm-hmm. every time I post a one, two, three, four, five on the, the leaderboard... They all got their own reloads, and you know it mm-hmm. just comes to show that if you tr- want the true accuracy to shine through your firearm, you yeah. really need to reload. So you really do. I mean, we've got like two minutes here, so this might have to go over to the next section. 
But just for the people out there who are using factory ammo, you know, break down why that's not as accurate. Yeah, so especially in uh, inexpensive rifles, uh, they got like a Sammy spec uh, headspace in them, and you're buying factory ammunition, and that it might have an excessive headspace from the chamber to your factory ammunition. And that brass might have to literally expand from the headspace. When I say headspace, that's the distance from the base of the brass to the datum line or the middle of the shoulder. It might have to, no joke, expand damn near 10 thousandths of an inch, 8 thousandths of an inch. Well, in the precision world, that's not precision. Uh, we like to see that more in the 1 to 2 thousandths range. So it seals off instantly when that gunpowder uh, is right. Okay, okay. Um, okay. We're, also, we're also seeding the bullet right off the lands, you know, Twenty thousand inch to damn near touching the lands, or yeah. like I mentioned with that powder uh, drop scale over here, we're literally dropping powder to the literal grain of powder, uh, little speck of powder. So okay, so factory ammo because it's so inconsistent, right? It, or the, you know the the way that it's loaded in the factory, it has to yeah. expand more. And when you load it yourself and you do it the right way, it expands less. So that little time there helps with your accuracy in terms of uh, sealing in the headspace. I know it's a, it's a lot. Even I, I've been shooting for a long time. I like shooting long distance. Trust me, yeah. I don't I don't have any clue about it the way you do. So I enjoy picking your brain on it. Is that anywhere right. close to, to rational, it's what I'm saying? Headspace, like I mm -hmm. said, it's everything from okay. the headspace to dropping the powder consistently, to consistently mm -hmm. seeding the bullets, okay. to everything. It, it all comes down. And it's just not that. It's how you shoot the rifle, mm -hmm. how you get up behind the rifle with your cheek weld. Mm -hmm. um, it, all it all boils down to that work consistency. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back. Walther Arms has been making concealed carry handguns for over 90 years, starting with the PPK. Today, Walther is based in the good old US of A and still builds quality firearms like the PPQ and PDP for personal defense and competition. So when you're in the market, please consider Walther Arms. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like Walther Arms. All right, and then let me just um, take this uh, time right here to remind you guys, if, if like me, I, 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 know, I know nothing, so you guys probably know more than I do. But if you're like me and you want to know more about this, of course you can check out Elfster's Rifles and Reloading on YouTube, and uh, we'll get Todd to give you guys social, uh, socials and all that kind of stuff, social media, and etc., so we're in the news section. I guess we can start like in your world, man. Is there news? You know, what's the big stuff going on in your world right now? Is it SHOT Show? Is there reloading news that's coming out? What's up? Yeah, I just, at least for me personally, it's like constantly battling like social media, Facebook, trying to get the word of reloading. And, mm -hmm. you know, back in the day for me to just post a link to some primers and powder, you know, it kind of it kind of inched its way up, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's like you, you post a gun and all of a sudden your pay's got shut down. I'm like, well, okay, well, they're probably going to be fine with just reloading components, right? right. And then just re posting, you know, good deals on reloading components. And uh, everything was fine till about last year. <laughs> and even now, apparently, people that know nothing about reloading know everything about primers, powder, and bullets. I can't even post that either, so... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a constant freaking battle. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm telling you mm -hmm. preaching to the choir. You know everything what I'm talking about there, but yeah, um, 
let me just uh, remind everyone we do have the Discord. I can show you guys. Uh, there is a Discord. I don't know the, if the link is already in the description, but Lola can throw in the link or anyone else. Asper Warrior. But there is a Discord, and we could throw, we could show up stuff. Uh, we could, you know, easily if you guys post stuff in the Discord, I could put it up here and show it and all that. You might have to remind me if you put something there, like, hey, Hank, uh, show the Discord or whatever. But um, Asper Warrior says I need someone on the Discord to send me a good video on how to retap the grip threads in my in my AR lower. So there you go. That's. Uh, that's from Asper Warrior. And and if any of you guys have questions, go ahead and, and um, ask them here. So, you know what? I think look, when we talk about people getting kicked off of social media, who holds the record for getting kicked off of Facebook? Is it you? Because I know Guns and Gear has gotten kicked. I've gotten I've gotten deleted one time. <laughs> yeah. I've so officially so four, uh, four times that I got kicked off and put back on. Okay. Uh, to help some friends at Facebook, but mm -hmm. I don't know, man. It, it's just not bad. It's, it's mm -hmm. the reloading components uh, just mm -hmm. in the last year, especially going through COVID, went through the roof along with ammunition. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's why I stockpile like I do with powder, brass, primer, mm -hmm. and bullets. So in times like this, when factory ammunition is impossible to get, or even primers, I mean, we're talking a box of primers here just to kind of show you, a box of a thousand primers just like right here there's a thousand primers in here mm -hmm. and this used to go for 39.99 everywhere 40 okay. bucks and mm -hmm. no joke these these went up to about 150 160 dollars wow um uh, a pound of powder that you know would sell for less than 30 bucks easily hit like 80 dollars um and wow. for a while there we had a drought on primers i mean you could even get primers regardless yeah. of the price. Yeah. And that's the problem is if you can't ignite the powder, you ain't going anywhere with anything. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just It was crazy, insane. yeah. I mean, I saw a lot of memes for not just ammo, but for people trying to get reloading supplies. And it got crazy there. Is that getting any better right now, you think? Is that... You know, it, it is a little bit. It, okay. It's kind of strange. It actually got better about three or four months ago, and then we had another dry spell. And the prices are still up there. They're not as bad as they used to be, but still, you know, to get a box of primers, a thousand of them, what they call a brick of primers, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they're still 80 to 100 bucks. They're not the $40 that they used to be. So, what's and, the. You know, if you look mm -hmm. at factory ammunition, like mm -hmm. 9 millimeter, factory is down to the 25s right now, 25 cents, 46 cents. Mm -hmm. You haven't seen some 23 cents around. So yeah. it's nice to see those factory prices coming down. And I think the reloading components will fall through. But I've learned in the last four to five presidential cycles, man, if you are not stocked up on primers, powder, bullets, and brass, you're don't come crying when they, you, you run out of stock. So Yeah. So um, there's a couple of things there. I do know, like I was talking to the guys from Fort Scott Munitions, and they said right now they do have 9mm and 223. So I think there's more availability out there for, for that kind of stuff. But from your point of view, what was the reason? What's the reason for this stuff, right? For the, for the unavailability of all these components. Is it politics? Is it... Uh, you know, stuff going on around the world? Was it COVID? Like, was it all, all of that stuff? What was the reason? I think it was just the perfect storm of everything. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not just COVID, but 
I, I don't know, people are too busy TikTok and don't want to work anymore. I don't, just joking kind of, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I actually work in the bill materials uh, uh, world too. I'm an estimator by trade. I, mm-hmm. I, I stare at blueprints all day long and I, I mm-hmm. estimate materials for houses from literally mm-hmm. the lock set on the door mm-hmm. to the post in the basement. And man, I watched sheets of OSB sheathing for house sheathing, no joke, uh, go mm-hmm. from $8 a sheet to $60 a sheet. And now we're back down to 11 Mm-hmm. And yeah, everything follows with gas, um, but it, it's COVID really put put the the hurt locker when it came on the components. But like I said, we go through this every time a presidential cycle comes up, you know. And I think just a lot of people start stockpiling. Everyone wipes off the shelves because they know uh, shit's about to hit the fan. And mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of that, mm-hmm. um, trying to find workers. And if you, it, it only takes, I, I've learned this the hard way too with our annealer. It only takes one component to shut down the whole process. I might be able to get 98% of it, but if I can't get just this one part, I can't sell the whole thing. Okay. And hmm. I, I think that's half the battle too, you know? And okay, I don't know. Interesting. It, that's interesting. So the parts for your annealers, and we'll, we'll get deeper into the annealers here. Um, are they all here in the States or are there some components that are coming from outside the country? So uh, every single bit of our annealer here um, mm-hmm. is made in the United States. Uh, the case is uh, made in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, pans we buy from Washington State. The mill products here in the front and are made right down the road here in Durand, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. where, where I live. But some of these products like the fence and the stopper here we actually make in our own garage and uh the, you know obviously when it comes to electronics and motors uh it's pretty it's pretty hard to not get that from china yeah about literally yeah. i mean this would not be the price that it is if we didn't get that from china I'm just yeah Ex- yeah i mean that's just the, the best board. that's just yeah that's just the best place even uh screws and stuff like that i was talking to a company here in florida that i do stuff with and they make they told me hey we make 99 percent of the stuff here or 98 whatever it would be except the screws right we cannot make like you you can't get those screws from america and have them be affordable i'm not even sure if there's anyone here making them yeah like yeah. we just as a as a reloading block um mm-hmm. we make literally everything here other than the stainless steel screws those we do get from china mm-hmm. um because we keep the price down and keep it affordable from everyone uh, yeah. We no joke would have to tack on ten bucks just for screws. Yeah, uh, it's it's just crazy. And yeah. so we, we try to do as much as we possibly can. And I'm not exaggerating when I say this. We assemble them right over there. And we used to be my theater <laughs> an assembly area. <laughs> That's awesome. We literally assemble these. And I I personally test every single one before mm-hmm. they get boxed up. And they're boxed up, shipped, ready to ship out. So. Okay, cool. So do, what parts were coming from places like China or what components for reloading were coming from China that you think had anything to do with this this whole thing? And then, you know. Well, nothing was really China, but a lot okay. of your gunpowder actually comes from Australia. Okay. You know, well, mm-hmm. if, if, you know, Australia is with COVID and heck, mm-hmm. you, you can't even barely walk out your front doorstep without mm-hmm. the Gestapo running you down, wondering what you're doing. So the gunpowder um, is coming from Australia? Uh, that's uh, lo- a lot of it. Yeah, some of it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, okay. it's numerous places, but I think that's what everyone was battling against. It's just mm-hmm. the fact that 
that puts such a hurt locker in regards to sourcing out materials. But like, just like you're making a primer and it's got several components, like I said, it only just takes one part of that to shut it down. And mm-hmm. that was the big thing is just primers. You just could not get primers for the longest time. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I say for the damn near a year, you, you, people were starving for primers. Yeah, no one could and, get them. Uh, the the ammunition guys, the factory ammunition guys, are having a tough time. Uh, you know, it, it it was crazy. So, um, yeah, that's just the way of the world, man. We we're so, you know, there's no place that's making everything anymore. Right, just like a pickup truck. A pickup truck sitting yeah. there because waiting for a computer chip. You know, it's just <laughs> stupid stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know, like yeah, yeah, it's insane. Like my my. Buddy, uh, is waiting for a pickup truck. I'm not exaggerating. Six months. He pre he pr- paid for it six months ago, and I'm like, where the heck is it? He's like, we're waiting for a computer chip. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, just don't buy from there and go down to this other place that has one. That has one. It's you know, not it's not trip. really that easy. Easy. Um, I don't know if you have a diesel pickup truck or not, but a friend of mine does have a diesel GMC, right? And I think this yeah. is everything that's in that GM line has the same problem from certain years that there's a chip uh, for the transmission that is known to be faulty, right? This right. is a this is a known issue, and he has this issue with his diesel truck that he has. That thing has um, gone; it's not working, and he can't easily get his truck over thirty miles per hour. And there is, oh no, my God. and this has been going on for more than a year for him, and he cannot get a replacement part. He can't get aftermarket or factory replacement part. As a matter of fact, I didn't believe him when he first told me. I was like, well, "This is crazy what you're talking about. This is America. <laughs> we can get everything." And I looked it up, right. and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> this cannot be done." And then if you look, you'll see there's a whole bunch of people selling these GM, GMC diesel uh, pickup trucks that have the same problem with the transmission and people don't realize that even if you buy that from that guy, there is no solution right now. Right. So, yeah. So that's been, that's been going on and that has not changed. Yeah. And I, like I said, with the bill materials, uh, selling the products for the, the house, uh, mm-hmm. garage doors, garage doors that no joke used to take two, three weeks tops. Mm-hmm. more than six months yeah. uh windows same deal you know and you can't yeah. finish the house you're just ready to pull your hair out and yeah. same thing obviously happened not only that but in the reloading world too so yeah. and we're still kind of suffering from that it's still pretty you can you can get primers on brown owls they do mm-hmm. show up about once every other week mm-hmm. uh but some of the primers some guys like they can't get uh but powder yeah. right now is pretty easy to get Matter of fact, some of the, the tried and true powders like Bargat and H4350 that everyone's trying to get their hands on, mm-hmm. it does show up from time to time, but it's still ultra rare. It's still ultra rare, and it, it kind of makes no sense. I mean, like, why? Is that this far into the game, why is it taking two years it, it, to get that fixed? When we create these problems, it takes a long time to fill the orders that got stacked up for that, even if you, even if the factory is back and running. There's a lot of factories that are not getting back and running. And then we're trying to build factories here in America. That has like somewhere between three and six years for that factory to get up and running, depending on what that factory is, right? So if we're trying to do those things here, but, you know, that's crazy. But even if the, let's say a factory gets back running, 
there's orders that's that's in there and those have to get filled if things don't come back around again. So this whole way that we went about dealing with COVID, that everyone went into hiding and all that kind of stuff. I understand like I get it. People died. People we know died, right? People in the gun community died. But we did things that the world is going to suffer for and and it's now that we're starting to realize at the end we have to get immunity from this stuff because right. You know, and I think it really shows how vulnerable we are. And yeah. not just not, you know, trying to make reloads or getting mm-hmm. ammunition or firearms, just everything. the whole scope of things, really. Yeah. And it, it's kind of it kind of makes you like, hey man, make sure if you don't know how to reload, learn and make sure you stockpile on those components because right. you're gonna wish to God you did. <laughs> Start learning how to make arrowheads, mofos. <laughs> <laughs> Broadheads out of stone, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it sounds like we're kidding, but it could happen. <laughs> I might have to learn. I might have to learn how to do that. Um, let's get some comments in. So, uh, forty-two chill says inflation is killing us all. Uh, thanks to uh, the president. There you go. And let's see. Dan hates you. Says I can't even get new contact lenses. They're back ordered. I'm gonna have to wear glasses soon. That's that's true. And then Lola, you guys know Lola's a pharmacist. She says there's lots of drugs that are not easy to get right now. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, that, you know, trying to get, getting back to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to sell my product, but mm-hmm. like a good reason to anneal is to get more longevity out of your brass. Right. You know, and if you can damn near double the longevity of your brass, uh, yeah. maybe get a, you know, five to 10 more firings out of it because it's you and Neil. Mm-hmm. When, especially when you can't get that brass, I mean, you should be annealing regardless if it's for precision or not. Yeah. So. Um, in regards to that diesel thing, uh, 42 Chilled said, get a 70s beater. And look, I agree with that. And here's the thing I want to say about that. We, at the times that we're going into, we're going to wish we had a lot of old stuff. <laughs> we're gonna wish we had a lot of old things without computers and chips in it <laughs> yeah well i just mentioned get... my my woman i'm like mm-hmm. we really need to get a fireplace in our house i mean i'm in mm-hmm. northern wisconsin oh yeah that yeah. that heat just electricity shuts off and it's yeah. negative 10 out we yeah. are screwed yeah so yeah you got to get a fireplace or something but look it's true i think it's true with reloading that it's so reloading was always a thing when i came into the gun world like seriously 10 years ago reloading was a thing but at that point it was not difficult to get the components right i think that maybe the the diehard reloaders have lived through times where you couldn't get components but it wasn't difficult to get components the problem i think that happened at that time is that ammunition got so cheap remember that reloading just didn't even make sense. So there weren't as many yep. people getting into reloading. Then ammunition started getting expensive and people were getting back into reloading. But when we got hit with COVID and all the, like the perfect storm, like you said, man, even if you were reloading, you couldn't do it unless you were a guy like yourself that was, you know, uh, stockpiling stuff. So, you know how many people messaged me to set up ammunition and I'm like, Hey man, I just need some nine millimeter, like a crack, I, like a crack on crack. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, I just can't vote for you to ship it to you in the mail. But yeah, we're yeah. gonna be. I, I, man, it's funny to look at the memes. Have you seen the memes out there for eggs? Yeah, five dollars a carton. 
Yeah. I mean, come on. Oh, eggs of more. Yeah, Lola told me she was paying. There was some some. Uh, well, okay. First caveat: Lola was trying to get some organic eggs. You know, they have like the orange. Like, I guess Lola believes, which I guess is true, that eggs the yolk is supposed to be orange. But see, I grew up in the hood. So I got used to yeah. those yellow oaks, uh, yolks, right? I got used to the yolk. So Lola had to... Perfectly white bleach shell. <laughs> yeah. So Lola had to get these organic... They were like $12, $13. And then she got mad at me because I refused to eat it. The first time she gave it to me, I thought it was cheese. I was like, oh, this... And then I, then she told me, oh, no, that's the egg. The egg is orange, you know. Joe Rogan was talking about the... I was like, no, I'm not eating no orange yolks. You know, but then she was so she was so mad. Yeah, yeah. But eggs, yeah, it's, it's get, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Sorry getting. Well. No, I'm just saying it's it's so ridiculous in America that there's memes about eggs. <laughs> I'm afraid it's not going to stop there. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, oh man. Uh, yeah, forty two chill said he could eat. Hook. Yeah, I'm just. I don't know. It's weird. How did I get used to the yellow eggs? I don't know. <laughs> you're too old school man we're too old yeah. the bleached out like you said the bleached out eggs but yeah man it's it's gonna be tough you're gonna see more people getting chickens now yeah yeah well right. I, like we got the neighbors they, they all got chickens right down the mm-hmm. road we're I, we're kind of on the edge of town okay it almost makes us wonder what we're doing wrong especially when it's five dollars a garden <laughs> yeah so the so how did you how do chickens fare out in Wisconsin in the cold, man? Like, do you have to put, like, heat the chicken coops or put the I, chickens in the I, house? I, like, I, I, do they the grow the fur? Between <laughs> <laughs> the coyotes. And, I'm not exaggerating. It was negative 40 with wind chill uh, a couple of weeks ago. And you could take water out of the tap, go outside, mm-hmm. and throw it up in the air out of your glass, and they wouldn't even hit the ground. Wow. I, I don't know. I mean, you gotta have some type of heater in there, I would think, but who knows? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Asper Warrior says that's why you got to go to church. All the best egg dealers are at church. <laughs> right. I believe it. Yeah, you know you're getting hard up for eggs and you're saving the carton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, we live out in the country, so there's lots of people out here that that have eggs and stuff like that. But yeah, we're we're going through some craziness. We're gonna take a break here. We're gonna come right back with. Uh, We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like High Point Firearms and Full Forge Gear, bags and gear for everyday life. Did you know High Point is an American family-owned and operated company located in Ohio with over 30 years of manufacturing experience? High Point is proud to be the home of the working man's gun and your source for affordable handguns and carbines with a lifetime warranty. So when you're in the market, please consider Hype. Yeah, everyone's going to start throwing up the price of eggs in their hood now. Like wherever they <laughs> live. Everyone go ahead and say what your current price of eggs is. It's fine. This is, we'll work for eggs. Yeah, we'll work for eggs. Uh, um, so let's see here. Okay, some other new stuff I did want to get to that we didn't get to. So here's um, Shooting Gallery's post. He says your account is permanently banned. Your account was permanently banned, and you are now logged out due to multiple violations of our community guidelines. Um, and then I guess there's an appeal thing, but that's for the, um, yeah, that's for the tickety talk, which he put a lot of work into TikTok, man. He 
He put a lot of. Uh, I, do you know Shooting Gallery, New England? I mean, I've I've heard of him. I guess oh, okay. I don't know him personally, but uh, I, I'm not on TikTok. Are you or? Um, I was, but I've deleted TikTok, man. I think TikTok is a like you know, it's a security risk. I don't even know why we have. <laughs> yeah, it's like spyware on steroids. Yeah, and then obviously they don't like guns. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. Um, oh, and he, here's another here's another thing that I've seen. Uh, this uh, Mr. Guns and Gear um, posted, and um, I. Yeah, let me sh let me. Sh I think I could share this with you guys. I, I believe that it's out there. But he says he's in YouTube jail. He says I've been hit with strikes um, uh, on back and back days, and now can't publish videos for for a week. If this trend continues, my channel will be deleted on Thursday. We'll see. Wow. So, and then he was saying that he's on his videos are on Rumble for anyone who's looking. And I think he also has um stuff up on here on utreon for anyone who's looking but yeah that's crazy that's yeah i see a demolition ranch just posted a video they just took down one of the suppressor videos because mm -hmm. it sh literally showed him screwing a suppressor onto a firearm and that's why they deleted and they didn't like it. So that he came, back, he came back and made a new video and just made the suppressor more ridiculous and then when he was putting it on it kind of blurred it out <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just it never ends. It'll never end. It just goes yeah. back and forth. Yeah, babyface, babyface P has been on suspension as well. I think he says he's on suspension till the end of this week. And his videos he got hit on were suppressor videos. However, um, we had a video deleted, YouTube deleted that was us. We were shooting bullpup Glocks. And they, you know, they were 3D printed bullpup Glocks, but we didn't do any 3D printing in the video. So I'm not sure why they took the video down. I think it's because we said this is for Brandon. And, you know, you can't say brand like Brandon is a curse word now. But we were talking about Brandon Herrera, you know, because he hates uh, he hates bullpups. So, you know, he's like, oh, we're going to shoot this bullpup Glock for him. So. It's like guys getting their videos deleted for bump stocks, yet mm -hmm. a lower court ruling is now said it's mm -hmm. what, totally fine, but they're right. still going to delete it. So, yeah. like, come on. Yeah, but I think I think these guys are just making up their own rules. And I know that uh, yeah. YouTube is putting out new rules right now, and everyone has to agree to the rules. But they're also uh, demonetizing lots of videos across the board, not just for gun guys, but lots of gamers and stuff like that, because they put out these rules that they don't want you cursing, all kinds of uh, crazy things. Uh, 42 Chill says, Mr. Guns and Gear, 772K subscribers. That he's got big subscribers. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, Guns and Gear is a good dude, enough, too. They start coming for you, don't they? Well, I think, you know, unfortunately, they're coming for all of us, and we're not going to get, like, a viable alternative as content creators to YouTube until everyone gets punished. Because the yeah. problem is, like, there's Rumble. We're on Utreon. I think I have a Rumble thing, but I can't. I just can't support all these different platforms. You know, I've got to figure out Rumble. I don't even know if they'll just pull everything over. But there's all these different options that you have out there. Well, that that's div that diversification is making it tough for any one of them to catch on, right? Yeah, and you're spreading your content so thin that, yeah. you know, I mean... Yeah, it's difficult, yeah. and trust me, yeah. I get it with my Facebook page taken down four times now. So. Yeah, God, you yeah. never had. 
Yeah, it's yeah. all crazy. Okay, listen, let's show some guns, man. So what guns what guns do you want to show off, man? I'm sure you got some I know uh, you had that canic. You had that canic. I right got one here. Matter of fact, PSA just sent me this one here. So oh, this is Wow. I just did a review on this. It's a, a 308, and what makes this one special compared to the other ones? Gosh, I can't figure out this. You got to go the other way. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's got a heavy barrel. Uh, it's a heavy barrel all the way through. It's not like an A2 style barrel where it kind of dips down. The Is the barrel fluted or not? I can't tell. I see some streaks on it. Is it fluted? No, it's not fluted. Okay. It's just got a regular birdcage break on it. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, for a fire a way AR ten for less than what nine hundred dollars? Mm -hmm. I mean that's insane and they're still really cheap. Um but I, I actually have a full reloading series on this start from finish, literally one part doing brass prep, um, you know popping uh primers and resizing the brass and dropping powder and seeding bullets from start to finish showing you how to do that with this very firearm. And then I go out to the range and shoot it and you can see the performance. And that's just not on this. I got, you check out my playlist area on my channel. Um, damn near every firearm that I do a review on it does that. Uh, mm -hmm. From 6.5 Creedmoor to 223, 6.5 Grendel, you name it. Uh, I got numerous start to finish reloading series on there. Mm -hmm. So if you're a, a new reloader and you're trying to learn how to reload, I take you through those steps, and a lot of times I'm doing it live, and that's why I'd highly suggest checking out my channel. Make sure you subscribe, and when I do go live, you know, hit that notification also. When I go live, and you're trying to learn, you can learn with everyone else. And if you got any questions, you can ask that question right there, and I can mm -hmm. I can help you out as we go. And that's the nice part about doing it live. Yeah. Um, do you have an email list that people can sign up for? I don't, other than okay. EP Integrations, we have an email list. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think I got another one over here. Let me just snag this one. Yeah, I would uh, just suggest, but, like, if people can sign up for an email list, I say do it. You know, um, the, to be honest with you, having email lists, especially when they get big, gets expensive. But sign up for the email list because if they take us down, like, uh, it would be unfortunate to see Mr. G uh, Guns and Gear get, get taken down. But I think the plan uh, is is to take down a lot of us. And if we all get taken down en masse, the easiest way for us to tell you all where to go to is gonna be through that email. Obviously, you can also follow us on social media and that'll help you out too. So I suggest you do that with Elfster's Rifles and Reloading as well, so. Here's another one. This is uh, an old school Ruger Precision Rifle, um, but this is a little bit different. Uh, I swapped the barrel out of this, this has an aftermarket Krieger, a very high-end precision uh, barrel on it, damn near one inch thick. And this mm -hmm. has got the Eric Fertina tuner brake on it, which I've yet to, to tune. Uh, that plays oh, nice. with the barrel harmonics to get more mm -hmm. precision out of it. Uh, but this is in 6.5 Creedmoor, old Gen 1. But once again, I got a full um, reloading series on that. And uh, here's the target at high yards. And I mean, we're, we're talking some of these uh, powder drop nodes where we're dropping powder at different powder drop rates. Mm -hmm. uh, this is smaller than a dime. Mm -hmm. So you can see my fingernail here. Yeah. Uh, wow. And that's and three rounds, has, huh? Yeah, that's three. But we, I shot this in a row. And if you add up every single one of these, they're all three round shots. Um, 
So we're talking 12 total three-shot group shot in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, this averaged 0. 0.4 minutes of angle. Okay. Uh, like all of these you could pretty much cover up with a dime, if not a nickel. And some of these uh, is way smaller than a dime. I mean, you're, you're literally talking a bullet in a bullet hole. Mm-hmm. And that's where your reloading comes into play. And that's what I'm doing here. I'm, I'm testing p- different powder drop rates. I got a, running an ELD bullet, 140 grain. Um, and I'm dropping different powder drop nodes, different powder drop rates at 40.7, 41, 41.3, 41.6. I'm playing with the barrel harmonics to see what works best. And obviously the 41 works best. It's literally a bullet, a bullet hole. And the second runner up would be the SMK here, 142 grain. And literally all these can get covered up with a dime. And this one is just, once again, another bullet, a bullet hole. And that that's what I'm doing. I'm playing around with the, the barrel harmonics on that firearm. Nice. And then when I get done doing that, I start playing around with the Eric Cortina tuna break that makes mm-hmm. it even smaller. Mm-hmm. And then I start playing around with bullet seating depths that make I keep on honing it down. <laughs> okay. And literally it's just a bullet and a bullet hole at a hundred yards. And if you're shooting a thousand yards and that, if you can't group at least one inch mm-hmm. at a hundred yards, you might as well not even show up at the range at a thousand. Because <laughs> uh, that one inch group is going to be a 10 inch group at a thousand. Well, mm-hmm. if it's a two inch group at a hundred yards, it's going to be 20 inches. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're trying to shoot a one-on-one target, you're not even going to hit it. So mm-hmm. well, that's yeah. where the, the precision game really, really comes to play. And that's why you should be reloading. If you're trying to inch squeeze out all that precision and accuracy out of your firearm. So absolutely. So what's your, what do you think is the best round? What do you think is the best long distance for long distance? What do you, th- what do you say is the, it, you know, it depends on the purpose. So okay. for the PRS guys, they mm-hmm. want low recoil. Um, mm-hmm. They want to see, where that bullet impacts because more times than not they miss on the first shot make the correction on the second so usually those guys are shooting ultra lightweight bullets something like a six usually start with a six creed more mm-hmm. six gt six dr uh so point two you know the, the 243 realm if you're familiar with the 243 it's very very similar to that but a little bit different casing on it between the different flavors, and they're not shooting six five Cremors. They're not shooting three oh eights. They're not mm-hmm. shooting three three eight Lapuas. They purposely are trying to get a lightweight bullet that has very little to no recoil, and just the add above and beyond that. Mm-hmm. They're shooting a gun that's well north of twenty pounds, and they want no recoil whatsoever. And they want to see that bullet splash, and if they if they have to make the correction, they can. Okay. Another other realm, if you're shooting like F class. Um, you might be shooting a 284 Shahane or something. Um, it's, or if you're shooting extreme long distances, it might be a 416 Barrett. Uh, okay. It just depend, really depends on the purpose of what you're doing. So let's say that you, because I think a lot, so there's obviously the folks who are just doing, you know, your precision rifle shooting and your competition stuff. Let's say you're just a guy who wants to be able to hunt. You want to get a nice practical uh, hunting rifle right you know what would you suggest that won't get just crazy expensive for folks out there to do that you you know you feel has you've had the best experience with well if it was about five or seven years ago prior and if Mm -hmm. you didn't reload Mm -hmm. or if you wanted the option of say hey i want to reload but i also want to buy factory ammunition i'd probably say a 308 
But six five Creamore has really gotten to the point where you can find damn near six five Creamore just as well as three oh eight. Um and six the ballistics of six five Creamore is by far more superior than three oh eight. Um and when it comes to the reloading of the two, it really costs the same. Regardless if it's three oh eight or six five Creamore, at least now, it's pretty much the same price. So okay. The only reason why I got a 308 in the AR-10 is because I can buy Lake City Brass. It's once fired from a, a military something mm-hmm. for next to nothing. And that's literally the only reason why I have a 308. Um, you know, if, if you want to kind of dip into reloading a little bit, mm-hmm. but still have the ability to buy factory ammunition, but might want to test the waters of the PRS realm, you might want to look at something like a 6 Creedmoor. Um, the six Creedmoor literally shoots the same bullet as a 243. It's just the casing is a little bit different on it. And you can definitely show up to the, the shooting line for PRS with the six Creedmoor. Those guys okay. are shooting six Creedmoor, six BR, uh, six GT, those, those six millimeter bullet flavors. And it's very low recoil, but you can definitely put down a white-tailed deer, right? If it's mm-hmm. but shooting the same bullet as a 243, and that's probably one of the most popular rifles in the, the deer hunting realm. You can definitely show up in at your tree stand with a six Creedmoor, and you can buy the ammo off the shelf if you can't reload for it. You can definitely, obviously, reload uh, reload for it if you want to jump in the PRS realm, and maybe eventually. That's a really good cartridge. Um, okay. Um, you know, but when it comes, mm-hmm. yeah. So. No, I was going to say 42 chilled says uh, 37 shy tack. Uh, what do you think about that? I know I've shot that in the past. Uh, yeah, so 375 shy tack, you're trying to get into the, the ELR round, the extreme long range round. Those mm-hmm. guys are shooting 2,000 plus yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying they don't use 375 shy tack when it comes to that situation, but those guys are definitely using that but they're 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 starting to push like the 416 uh and 416 barrett uh mm-hmm. they're really going even past that up to almost four miles nowadays which is mm-hmm. insane wow okay. uh you know it's it's just, it's amazing what some of these guys are doing nowadays uh just mm-hmm. to shoot those distances and okay you know, when you literally you shoot and you got to wait twenty seconds for it to impact the target, <laughs> I mean, yeah. really everything comes into play. So yeah, so if so, you're saying like if you're hunting and and you want to go for something more affordable, you're saying six five or six millimeter Creedmoor or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, and I I I think if if you don't you're not fully committed and want to buy it right off the shelf, you have mm-hmm. that option. And, you know, and you can buy that factory ammunition off the shelf keep that brass that brass is like gold tells you everything about how it fire forms how much you gotta bump back the headspace and um you can reload that brass obviously and you can typically have a bolt action you can easily get 10 reloads out of that brass mm-hmm. especially now in brass for six five cream is pretty hard to get if you're not buying factory and reusing it yeah. And once again, I keep on saying this: if you if you want to get the full potential out of your firearm, you really need to reload, and not only that, but you need to reload for that particular rifle. So. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because I know, you know, some of the pro- obviously the problems of consistency, right, with factory ammo. So what are your ways that you suggest to eliminate that? And I'll give you a for example. Like I know there's some guys that would try to get the same lot of ammo and all that i don't know i don't know how you can't 
really do that i think just going to a store right or what's your what's your opinions of that outside obviously the best thing to do here is is reload but if you're not reloading what's the best way to do that there's a lot of guys in the prs world too that don't reload and they want to Mm -hmm. stick with just factory ammo on a particular type of factory ammo Mm -hmm. um but once again yes they they when they go to a different lot they'll buy it in big bulk packages Mm -hmm. and then they might tune it out with a tuner or maybe not, but mm-hmm. same thing goes with, with reloading. Uh, you, you can get a big batch of, uh, bullets mm-hmm. and it'll shoot amazing. And then you'll get a different lot number and all of a sudden your groups, they don't go to hell, but they're just not shooting as well. And mm-hmm. you kind of have to, what's called do load development on that particular bullet, dropping different powder drop rates, maybe playing around with a tuner on the muzzle, uh, playing around with different, uh, seating depths on the bullet itself to get that new lot of bullets back into into tune, and so they're mm-hmm. shooting well again. And so there's the guys will wait, they'll they'll sort they'll sort out bullets. <laughs> I've seen guys sort out the brass, mm-hmm. especially in your tip of the spear when, of the F class and bench trust rifle world. Some of those guys are doing all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but those with factory ammunition. Uh, they do make good factory ammunition. Don't get me wrong, but I, like I said, if you really want to squeeze out every ounce of precision, you really need to be reloading. And not only that, but doing low development for that particular rifle, um, because I can buy ten of the same rifle right off the shelf at Cabela's, all the same, one, two, three serial numbers. And they'll all shoot completely different because the bores of those firearms are like fingerprints. I've seen it. I've shot them and done low development on numerous of the rifles of the same brand. And they'll completely shoot differently. And okay. you just have to do so – one might prefer a particular bore over the, over the next. Might have to drop different powder drop rates to play around the barrel harmonics. And if I got into that, it would be a whole other hour special. Yeah. But <laughs> it, it, it's really testing in, in, in the re- reloading world, especially if you're at the tip of the spear of F-class Pentrust rifle and, and PRS. So. Yeah, so if you're just looking at guys doing that on YouTube or whatever, and you think you could just go buy that stuff, you know, buy that stuff out of the box, you, you probably get frustrated because there's a lot of different things going going into what you're doing here, right? That's what you're saying, right? And it, it's don't get me wrong, a lot of guys use factory ammunition, but they stick mm-hmm. with that particular. Uh, a type of cartridge from XYZ manufacturer and they're buying mm-hmm. a big bulk package, especially when it comes to the 22 LR competition realm. Mm-hmm. Those guys, are they, they, I mean, obviously it's pretty hard to reload for 22. So they buy them a huge bulk packages. They find a, a particular 22 LR cartridge that shoots well or their 22 competition rifle and they stick with that. And usually they'll buy it in a big bulk pack. So they know the trajectory of that particular type of ammunition out of their particular firearm okay awesome all right so we've got todd here from elfsters rifles and reloading we're going to take a quick break and be right back with arms list you can shop the extensive list of local and nationwide firearms classified now with more confidence because of their built-in firewall for only $6.99 a month for personal use or $30 a month for business vendors so when you're in the market please consider arms list we wouldn't be able to keep the who move my freedom podcast going without the support of great companies like arms list 
<laughs> this is gonna be tongue in cheek, man. <laughs> this particular I don't know if you could I don't know if you could see any of these comments coming in, but uh Asper Warrior says best round for self defense at six hundred yards. Go for it. <laughs> Behind a tree, <laughs> where they can't see you, I can't see your muzzle, your your flash of your muzzle. <laughs> yeah. I think you, I think you're more like in your house with a pistol, right? Yeah. Okay. So with yeah, with all seriousness, uh, so self defense. You, when you're reloading and everything, are you doing this for self defense or is this just for long range shooting, uh, hunting? What are you reloading for? Do you reload nine what? and all that? Well, you can see I got two different presses here. Mm -hmm. This one here is the Forrester Coax press. Uh, this is typically used for precision rifle ammunition. Um, this mm -hmm. over here is for the first press I got, kind of started out with. This is a Hornady lock and load. You know, if I would suggest someone to get a progressive press, I'd probably recommend getting something more like a Dillon, like a 750 XL mm -hmm. or something. Uh, but this has got different stages in it. I put different dies in here. This typically... Uh, used for pistol ammunition. Uh, this is your factory. Uh, every time you pull the handle, it spits out a, a finished cartridge. You know, I put one empty casing in here, and it it goes to the next stage and seats a primer. Goes to the next stage, bells out the case mouth opening. Next stage here drops the powder. Next stage here you're seating the bullet. Next stage here it's crimping the bullet, and then and then it gets spat out into this, and it's a finished cartridge. You typically get a lot of progressive press like this when it comes to pistol ammunition. Um, that's why the Hornady lock and load press is just what I start out with. Um, I still keep this around for that specific purpose of pistol ammunition and also decapping brass for my rifle round. But when it comes to the precision world, it's all about concentricity, uh, consistency, and usually you're using a single stage press. Uh, it's really hard to beat for the money, the Forrester Coax press. Uh, you can easily get these with promo code off of Brownells for about 350 bucks. Uh, if I was to give you another suggestion, it would probably be the Area 419, the uh, Zero Press, if you want probably the best of the best of what's going on right now. Okay. Um, you know, and it's, it's, you know, pick your flavor. It's just like firearms. Mm -hmm. You can get different presses, you name it. Yeah. Um, and it just, just like powder drop scales. They got numerous powder drop scales. And yeah. So what, what so let's say well there's a couple of things here. So you're reloading you're reloading nine millimeter for defensive purposes, right? Oh I do uh nine millimeter, forty uh forty Smith Wesson, forty five ACP. Mm -hmm. Uh but I know a lot of guys always talk about the ten millimeter, you know. Mm -hmm. you gotta have mm -hmm. the ten millimeter. Well, I wouldn't buy a ten millimeter unless you reload. You're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna get the new high point man. Well, you can. You can get the new high point because you reload, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Um, you know, whatever. But mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's, it just depends on how deep the rabbit hole you want to get. And I've always mm -hmm. said this when it comes to reloading. It's all about purpose and mm -hmm. what you're doing and what, what your intentions are. You know, when I first started, I was learning and I got crazy extreme with it. And I went down numerous rabbit holes of literally weighing bullets and literally weighing brass and doing volume volume tests of brass. And, oh, gosh, it got to the point where I felt like I wasn't even shooting my firearms anymore. I was just doing low development. And I, I kind of got back to square one. And uh, I, I, I do low development. Obviously, what I'm doing here to find the utmost accuracy out of this was literally shooting a bullet in a bullet hole. Um, but I just don't go crazy stupid on that stuff anymore. I, 
Okay. And especially with the amount of time I, I have with these integrations in my channel, my full-time job. So. so you're not doing anything crazy for reloading 9mm stuff for defensive purposes, right? No, and you know, you can buy different bullet flavors, and I can kind mm -hmm. of point up here. Okay. Um, this is nothing but bullets up here. Mm -hmm. uh, bullets galore, you know, from uh, 6.5 six five Creedmoor to 6 Creedmoor to 2.2.3. Each one of these little boxes is 100. Each one of these boxes over here is 500. Okay. Up here is um, my uh, bullet for 9mm, 40 Smith & Wesson, 45 ACP. You know, I got gunpowder gun over there, those 8-pound jugs. And even down here, you know, this is nothing but primers and bullets. I mean, we're talking uh, primers and powder galore, which I'm Probably some people are salivating over right now, but <laughs> just, uh, like I said, if you're not stockpiling, man, you're you're, you're doing yourself a yeah. Uh, be jealous, be yourself. jealous. Um, okay, Lola says when ammo gets scarce and expensive, some new boutique ammo brands came out. Is there a certification process? Well, you know, everyone's trying to develop the wildcat. You know, it's mm -hmm. like. Uh, everyone's trying to be original mm -hmm. and yeah you know, once again it's just usually these guys at the tip of the spear uh, they're trying to get the cutting edge uh, they're trying to be the guy next to them and if, if they could come out the latest and greatest or you know so like seven millimeter uh, prc or whatnot you know it's, you know they keep on pushing the the realms of the ballistics of what these uh, cartridges can do um you know it, it's just it pick your flavor it, it, yeah. from i don't see so much of it on the pistol side but it's more on the rifle side yeah especially when it comes to competition because like prc alone you know these guys probably first started out with six five cream ores and they learned that had too much recoil so they dropped down to 243 mm -hmm. and then uh that wasn't enough so the improved and then they went to six cream more and then they started doing wildcats like 6GT, uh, I mean, you name it. Uh, they have the old tried and true 6BR too, and they mm -hmm. still use all of those. Um, they're all using the same thing. And uh, it's just, you know, trying to get that, that little edge on their competitor to win that yeah. competition. So. Yeah, I'm still catching on to 6.5 Creedmoor, so that's fine for me. 308, 6.5 <laughs> Creedmoor is all good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no one showed up at a PRS match with a 6.5 Creedmoor. They're six, six millimeter bullet flavors typically. Mm -hmm. um, it just depends on what you're doing. It really yeah. does. And then for me, like when it comes to pistol stuff, man, um, I like, I, I, I don't, I'm not really a huge 10 millimeter fan, although I've got 10 millimeter stuff. I know that's gotten popular. I prefer uh, 5.7, to be honest with you. And that's, you know, that's not super new or anything. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. I would love to have that new PSA 5.7. Uh, it's just cost so damn much to, to buy factory ammunition from it, uh, mm -hmm. for it. And the only reason why I would ever own one of those is because I would be able to reload for it. Like, mm -hmm. no joke. Have you done any 5.7 reloading yet? I haven't. I just never yeah. owned one. I'd like to own one. Mm -hmm. Um there's so many guns out now. Ruger has one. Well, FN has one. Ruger has one. Yeah. PSA. Who else put out a 5.7? Uh, I know I'm missing someone did a 5.7. Someone else. I know FN, Ruger, PSA. Who else? Someone will tell me out there that's doing it. So I like it. 
personally. Yeah, it just costs so much to shoot the damn thing. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and especially I, for a while there, you couldn't even get the ammo. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah, I know there's no patent or whatever it is on it anymore, so there's a bunch of different places making it. And I'm hoping that PSA actually gets into making a 5.7 round. All that stuff is going to help make it better. I know that um, uh, the Fort Scott Munitions guys told me that mm-hmm. they're doing a 5.7 round. So I haven't actually... I've seen pictures of it, but I haven't actually gotten my hands on it yet. So we'll see. I would bet money, Chad, at PSA, they're... They're, now that they're making that AAC uh, mm-hmm. branded ammo, that's mm-hmm. owned by uh, not PSA but the parent company of PSA, yeah. or whatever. Um, JJ, I'd be amazed if they're not. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So. Gen Champ Junior says, "What's this? Six, six point one seven millimeter Grendel XL Super Carry. That's what's up. Okay, is that is that a thing? Is that even <laughs> <laughs> is that even real? It's not real. So you know what? Well, it's not Grendel is real, I suppose. Oh, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, so here, listen, the gun that I showed, we could still show off some more guns. The handgun that I was showing in the beginning of this, check this out. This is my, let me see if I can get it to focus, Smith & Wesson M&P 22. So it's a, it's a M&P um, 22, and it has a threaded barrel on it. So you can actually, let me see, I threw all my focus off here. So let's see if we can get it to refocus. There we go. So it's got a suppressor on it. This is a PTP suppressor, which somewhere on it has the Hank Strange. See that? I don't know if people can even see it here. Let's see. I got to cover my eyes to get this thing to focus, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe. Okay, I know how to do this. I can show you guys with... uh, I'll go to my phone. That's the best way to show it. I go to camera on my phone. All right, boom, here we go. All right, let's switch over to this. Here we go. So check that out. Look, there's the Hank Strange logo on there. Yeah, that's the old school Hank Strange logo too. You know, my original Skull and Crossbones logo on it. So this is my little squirrel gun right here. You know, if I get mad and I just want to pop the squirrels, like, a you know, run outside like an old dude and pop pop some shots at squirrels or whatever, I use this M&P 22. (laughs) With a little surprise yep. about it. You get, know, some, so. <laughs> get some subsonic ammo for that thing. So yeah, oh, that's what I, yeah, that's exactly what I put in. Yeah. Uh, but even with yeah. regular 22 and a suppressor, man, it's super quiet. Oh, it's yeah. insane. Matter of fact, yeah. uh, I got a video with a Ruger precision rifle, especially if it's a bolt action. When the, mm-hmm. the bolt is sealed, it's not like a semi automatic where some of that mm-hmm. gas can escape and, and mm-hmm. make some more noise. Man, I bolt action with a can on it, all you hear is a firing pin. I mean, it is yeah. insane. Yeah. yeah. I think 42 Chilled is saying CMMG has the Banshee uh, MK4 AR pistol, uh, the semi-auto 5.7. Yeah, there's a couple of those out there, actually. Um, yeah. I think I recently, I don't know if I put that up. I know I did shoot a bunch of 5.7 guns, and I might not have put up that video yet. I need to edit it. And get it up there because oh we've got the rock we've got what is it we had the rock the ruger and the fn in that video i think yeah i think if i was to get one it'd be the psa 57 it's hard to beat for the money um, it is yeah i just cool. have to get into reloading for it that's about it just right. one more thing for you to do <laughs> yeah another another round for you to reload out there so yeah right. um okay cool what was that show us that canic again that you were showing in the beginning man i want to see that yeah, so this is a Canic Rival. So this is that kind looks of a good. competition. 
Yeah. Ready, pistol, ready to rock and roll, right mm. out of the box. Yeah. Um, I mean, the trigger on this thing is unbelievable, but it's got a nice flared magwell on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually take this off if you don't want it on there. It's mm-hmm. got an extended mag, mag release button on there, so that's mm-hmm. kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got some nice serrations on the front and the back. Uh, but it's just got a really nice grip. I mean, for competition shooting, and which I don't do for pistol, but mm-hmm. I'd like to get into it. And this is for for the money. I think it's really hard to beat. If I remember correctly, there mm-hmm. these are going for six little over six hundred. If I remember correctly, okay. um, and but, they're available. Uh, you're saying you could you can actually go somewhere and buy them. Oh yeah, okay, so that is very easy right now. At first, mm-hmm. they were kind of hard to get, but mm-hmm. Shield sent me their what is called the uh, RMS X, the four MOA um, red dot for this. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's got the, the matching accent colors on it. Yeah, I'm telling you, man, and that I mean, gun looks good. That gray and gold is a nice combo for everyone listening. Uh, <laughs> and look how wide that yeah. view is. Yeah, I'll that's a, can... that's a nice big piece Good. of glass too. Can we let me see if we can see the uh, dot? There, okay, I can see the okay. dot. Yeah, go left, right there, right there, right there. Okay, there you go. Yeah, you can kind of see the dot so, bouncing around in there. Yeah, this is so hard. I can't express how hard this is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're good. You're good. Here. Yeah, so you can kind of line this up if you can't get that uh, dot or the dot. Oh, cool. Size. Yeah, but I mean. The, here, I'll give you an example of how big this. Here's a typical red dot. Mm-hmm. Look at the size difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really super wide. I mean, night yeah. and day difference on how wide it is, and that's that's what those competition guys want. They don't want to be hunting for that thing. Yeah, it's like um, high definition in 4K. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I've yet to shoot this. I'm about to do a video review on it. So I'm excited cool. about it, and especially with this uh, shield uh, micro dot. Yeah, it's specifically designed and uh, color uh, color for the accents for that particular pistol. So mm-hmm. no, that's a very nice pistol, man. That looks great. I can see yeah. that already. That looks like the thumbnail for this video. Gen Champ Junior says, "Ooh, that's that's a pretty canic." <laughs> yeah, and the, the the trigger on it is unbelievable for mm-hmm. a pistol of that uh, price range. It's unbelievable. So what do you say your use case is for a Canik? Is it like a fun gun, sporting gun, self-defense, all of the above? How do you look at how I do you know, look I like use that in competition. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I've, I've never done any pistol comps before, mm-hmm. but I've definitely seen guys use that. Um, but... I think, you know, it's just a fun gun going out to the range. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want some of the really good trigger right out of the box, I think that would be really hard to beat. And the the, re- the reset on this thing is unbelievable. Mm. Um, I mean, right there. I mean, I <laughs> it barely... If I can... Yeah, that's, that was yeah. The reset. it's just a little click. I, I mean, like a nice positive yeah, click, yeah. yeah. It is unbelievable, and it is just a buttery smooth trigger. Mm-hmm. Very nice. What kind of other pistols are you into, man? So other than Canic, what what do you like? What do you carry for self defense, for example? Well, I know we went and uh, swapped that PSA dagger around. Uh, it spurred me on to get my own, mm-hmm. so I ended up getting the what they call the Swagger dagger that has a suppressor mm-hmm. height sight. Mm-hmm. 
the RMR cut, uh, the threaded barrel. Uh, I hooked up with that. I also got the Holo Sun. Uh, I can't remember the, the model number, but it's got the 250 minute of angle circle with a upside down chevron. So if you're out of alignment, that circle kind of steers you towards that upside down uh, chevron. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a, for my concealed carry, I have a P365. Uh, that's my typical daily concealed carry. I have a P320. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a Mark 422, and I have a Ruger um, SR1911. Okay. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing some other ones. So, yeah, I don't think rifles are reloading. It's just it's nothing but rifles. But I do definitely have some pistols. So. Yeah. I, I know I'm missing some other ones there, but I, those are the ones that off the top of my head. I, I do actually shoot pistols. And I obviously re- reload for all of them, too. So mm-hmm. I, I don't – I used to have some 40 Smith & Wessons. I, I sold all those. I just have nothing but 9 millimeters and 45 ACPs now. So. Oh, okay. So you used to be a 40 guy. You got out of the 40 game? Yeah, I just enjoy nine millimeter. Uh, just cheaper to shoot. Um, the reason why I, I have dies to reload forty five ACP is because I I kind of have a nostalgic history with my nineteen eleven. I I enjoy shooting it, uh, but I I just stole my forty Smith and Wesson. I just shoot nine millimeters now. It's just less recoil, um, easier to kind of run and gun with it, and obviously more inexpensive to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, a little less powder, a little little less uh, price on the bullets. Uh, the brass is so e- so easy to find. I mean, just this this tub alone right here is full of nine millimeter brass. I don't know if you can see this or not, but literally thousands and thousands of. I mean, I could pull bag after bag of <laughs> nine millimeter brass ready to to load here mm-hmm. uh, out of this bin here. I mean, literally thousands and thousands of. Mm-hmm. of uh rounds and nine millimeter um yeah, yeah i think i think the popularity of 40 cal is is uh regional in a lot of cases like uh gen champ jr says love 40 cal get a lot a lot of flack for it but whatever i think there's some places where it's really easy to get 40 cal and then some places where it's difficult so you'll notice when ammo gets tough to find um, you can get 40 cal, like, let's say, for example, here in Florida, where I live, you can get it easily. It's nine millimeter. You can't get, but then in a place, in some places up North, you know, um, let's say like around uh, Delaware or whatever you 40, 40 cal is tough to get. Everyone's got nine millimeter, you know, or you can easily get nine millimeter. I think a lot of that's changing because there are a lot of people just going to nine millimeter instead. So maybe that's balancing out, but, uh, I think in a lot of yeah. cases it's a regional type of thing. So, um, yeah. and I'm not going to knock anyone for what they have either, man. I don't want to get shot by a nine, for forty, a twenty-two. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think yeah. I wouldn't say everyone's drifted away from the the forty mm-hmm. South of West and kind of mm-hmm. moved towards uh, nine millimeter. And usually, you know, I talk about the self defense round of ten millimeter. Like I said, if if you're not reloading for it, you better get ready to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. When we come back from the break, I, I want to get into the whole, like, I want to talk to you since we have you on and we haven't had you here in a while. I want to talk about, like, what exactly does it cost to get into reloading, you know, and we'll probably set up sure. a scenario or something, but sure. we'll get into that. And I'll invite you guys who are out there as well to give us questions that you want to ask. 
and uh, we'll take those questions. We'll try to answer them in whatever time we have. But right now, we're about to take a quick break here, so we'll see you guys in a couple of seconds. We'll be back. We wouldn't be able to keep the Who Moved My Freedom podcast going without the support of a DAO or decentralized autonomous organization like Tusk Crypto. Tusk Cryptocurrency is a firearm-friendly e-commerce option for online payment transactions secured on the blockchain. So when you're in the crypto market, please consider Tusk, T-U-S-C. All right, so here's what I, here's what I think we should do, Todd. We should probably set it up, uh, that question set it up practically right so let's let's see what's practical so we would probably suggest everyone out there let's say we're saying you know you get a you're, you're getting into this you get a nine millimeter glock and you have a 223 ar right and you said hey if you're going to have this you need to reload for it so what do you need to have in order to start reloading that nine millimeter and that 223 what do you think it's going to cost on average to do that I guess it really depends on how serious you want to get into it. Um, mm. I've always said this, and I'll say it again. Don't buy a kit. Uh, I've had too many friends, even myself, you know, you start with a kit. And as you learn, you progress, you realize what uh, what is working for you, what's not working for you, what makes things slow, what makes things fast. And you end up throwing, up, throwing away so much of that kit that I always recommend parting out your uh, setup. I mean, right out of the gate, you're going to need a, a press. Um, if you're going to reload pistol, you're most likely going to want a progressive press. Um, something like this, where every time you pull the handle, it spits out a cartridge. It just makes it quick and easy. You know, like a Hornady lock and load press like this. Uh, last time I checked when prices weren't outrageous, they were about 400 bucks. Uh, I would recommend if you can afford it, get something like a Dillon 750 or even better. Mm-hmm. You really want something like an ammo plant. You're going to be looking at a Dillon 1050 or something. Um, in the rifle world, you're going to want something more like this, a single stage press for precision work. This is about 350, uh, but that's just for the press. And there's so so you, know, you can't use the same press for you can use the same press for rifle like two, two, three, and nine millimeter. Yes, and there's a lot of guys that do use progressive press for mm-hmm. rifle. Matter of fact, for precision, mm-hmm. um, there's even guys that only have a single stage press that they will use this for pistol. But you literally have to put one casing in here, pull the handle, take it out, and just seat primers. And then you got to come back and drop powder. And then you got to come back and seat the bullet. You oh, know, okay. over, over here, I can set up five different dies. Some have more than five. And literally, at the time I pull this, one, this shell plate rotates. It, each stage is doing something a little bit different. So every time I pull this handle, one finished cartridge is being spat out of the, of the, of the press itself. Okay. If you're if you're competition shooting, those guys have got some type of progressive press of some sort. So progressive press, single stage press. Okay, so, so you need a press. So yeah. yeah, so what are we looking at? Like four hundred bucks on the press? You, you can go anywhere from the hundred and fifty two hundred all the way up to like a zero press for rifle precision, which mm-hmm. is thirteen hundred. Okay. Some some of these presses even go north of that, but you get a decent press, you know, uh, especially for pistol, uh, like this horny lock and load. I think for promo code I found out right now, these are going for roughly four to five hundred bucks, if I remember correctly. Okay, so let's say that's five hundred bucks. Okay, so what's the next thing you need? Uh, so next next thing is dies. Uh, so for for rifle reloading, you're gonna need a decapper. 
Um, you, you don't need this so much for uh, pistols. Usually when it comes to pistols, you're going to want something like a die set. Uh, so something like a 9mm Lee die set like this would work great. So you're, off the top of my head, roughly about 60, 70 bucks for a okay. die set. Okay, and so, okay, you need a die set, and what else do you need to uh, do this? Um, man, it just really depends if you're doing rifle or pistol. But okay. when it comes to the, the pistol so, so, world, so for us, we'll need two sets of dies then. So we got the 9mm, what about the two two three die? Yeah, you're going to have to buy a whole different die okay. set for, okay. for two two three. which I have die sets for every cartridge I reload for in here from... Mm -hmm. Six six five cream or two forty three, two two three. You name it, nine millimeter. Blah blah blah. There's a different die set for each one, and they it, it depends if you get an entry level or a Cadillac uh, red, Redding dies or entry level Lee. They can range anywhere from sixty to well over three hundred dollars. Oh it wow! Depends on what you're looking at. So okay, yeah. For dies. So, all right. So let's say we'll add a hundred bucks for that. We're already close to like uh, seven hundred bucks here. Okay. So we got the press. And and two sets of dyes, yeah. right? And two then dye sets. Uh, dropping dropping powder. Once okay. again, it depends if you're doing rifle or pistol. Mm -hmm. If you're doing rifle and you want something precision, like ultra precision. Uh, matter of fact, I just did the uh, video series on the Super Trickler here. Mm -hmm. This Super Trickler uh, with the FX 120i is no joke. Thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars for this, oh. but it will drop. <laughs> It will drop powder. I'm not exaggerating. One speck of this powder within four to seven seconds. Okay, but let's... This charge master right. over here, okay. kind of an entry level, mm -hmm. this it could well, not drop as fast and not as precise, but this might be roughly $300. Okay, 300 So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So 300 bucks for yeah. dropping powder. But, right. you know, a lot of these... Uh, especially a progressive press, they have mm -hmm. a powder drop that powder drops the powder for you. Okay. So once again, if you have something like this, it's dropping the powder for you for, for pistol because you're not so concerned about the accuracy of that cartridge. You know, you're not dropping literally to the speck of powder like a rifle for shooting a thousand yards. You're just shooting minute of man at 25. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Uh, but once again, it's just all about purpose and what you're doing. But if you have a single stage like this, um, it doesn't have a powder drop. You might have to manually drop your powder if it comes mm -hmm. to pistol, which some guys do, but it's pretty rare. Yeah. So, so for everything we're saying here is just for caveats. I'm just trying to walk folks, uh, you know, through the process. So after that, what else do you need now? Should, are we now looking? Well, you uh, need something to clean your brass. So okay. something like a tumbler here. So mm -hmm. I would recommend something like a stainless steel wash tumble like this for cleaning your brass. Mm -hmm. uh, don't quote me on this, but off the top of my memory, I want to say this is roughly 200 bucks. Okay. Um, you need something to dry your brass. I always recommend the Lyman Cyclone case dryer for drying brass. That's if you're wet tumbling and not dry tumbling. Mm -hmm. You know, this is about another 150 bucks. Okay. Um, and then, you know, there's all the little knickknack things, especially if you're in the precision world. Uh, if you're kneeling brass, obviously our kneeler is roughly 260, but you don't usually kneel this uh, for pistol. Okay, so for, for rifle. so for pistol, you won't need the annealer, but if you're doing that 223, do you absolutely need an annealer, or is there like a way around it? What do you... Well, 
Uh, it's all about purpose once again. If okay. you're getting the most precision, uh, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're in your competition, you're definitely going to want to anneal. Use, there's also benefits of annealing just to get the longevity of the brass. So once again, hard to find brass, you might want to anneal. Just even mm-hmm. if you're not in precision, just get more firings out of the brass. Mm-hmm. I always recommend annealing, but it's not totally necessary. Okay, so an annealer, you know, let's say you're using the Hank Strange code or something. You're getting it from, uh, you know, EP integrations. What's that costing us here? It's two hundred sixty-eight dollars. Two. Okay, so let's say two, two, uh, two seventy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Cool. And by the way, Lola's saying that anyone could use code Strange Ten to get ten percent off of anything over one hundred and fifty bucks at Brownells. And we do have a code from uh, EP Integrations. It's Hank Strange, and that will save you five percent. I'll be sharing that out on stuff. Okay. So, so Todd, we are forgetting uh, bullets, right? And and I think yeah. No, okay. I was about to get to that. We we're talking okay. components. Right. Uh, you can't really do much reloading without components, and that was one of the hard things. Uh, a lot of new reloaders were trying. They're trying to get them reloading, but they can't reload because they can't get the components. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, just right out of the gate, uh, a pound of powder that used to be pre-COVID roughly thirty bucks mm-hmm. uh, is now probably sixty to seventy dollars, depending on what you pick. Okay. Uh, the more you can buy, they sell them one pound and eight pound jugs. You buy the eight pound jugs, it usually will save you uh, money per pound. Mm-hmm. So this is a rule of thumb. There is, uh, they usually go by grain weight when you're dropping powder. Okay. Uh, like for, for example, a 308 might take 43 grains of bargain powder. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's 7,000 grains in one pound of powder. And say like you're dropping 308 and you know each cartridge takes 43 grains. You can take 7,000 grains of one pound and divide it by 43, and that's how many rounds you're going to get out of that pound of powder. Okay. So on average for the powder, what are we, what are we going to spend for those two? Um, what are we going to spend so, for, for powder, let's say, for, for 9 millimeter and two two three. Let's say... For pistol is a whole different model of wax. Yeah, you know, it's, you're a, only it's a different... Five, five grains of powder. So if yeah. you take 1,000... One pound of powder is 7,000 grains, and you might only drop a little over five grains. You take 7,000, divide it by five. That's how many drops you're going to get out of that pound of powder. Mm-hmm. Once you figure out the amount of drops you get out of that pound of powder, you can divide that by the price, and that's how much it's costing you per, per drop. So, 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 yeah, it does. Uh, so, like, on powder alone, we're spending, like, 100 bucks, maybe? You know, I know um, this, this probably has to do with how many rounds you want to reload, right? Like... Yeah, it depends yeah. on how much you're reloading, you know, mm-hmm. but you, you can easily figure that out with the, that mm-hmm. that rule, 7,000 grains and a pound of powder. Mm-hmm. For example, 308 takes 43 grains roughly, mm-hmm. 223 might take 23 grains. Uh, a pistol cartridge like 9mm might only take 5 grains. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a pistol shoots different powder like Unique or Type mm-hmm. Y, where mm-hmm. a Varget uh, for 308 and 223 is just... Okay, you so know. let's give it let's give it a hundred bucks for powder. Yep, and then you got your primers, which are impossible primers. to get right now. But <laughs> uh, you know, I was right. a brick of, a brick of primers that used to be pre-COVID, mm-hmm. uh, roughly forty dollars. You're going to easily spend ninety to one hundred and twenty dollars, depending on what you pick. Okay, for a thousand thousand individual uh, primers. So if I show you uh, a brick of primers. 
So here's a brick of primers right here. Right, and this uh, is um, and it's a different primer, I'm guessing, from from the two, two, yeah. three to the so two. We need when a new two two bricks of primers. Yeah, you can see this one is for a small rifle. Well, they make mm -hmm. large rifle. They make small pistol, large pistol, mm -hmm. and I can crack crack this open. I can try and get this in the picture. Uh, and there's one sleeve of 100 in here. Mm -hmm. And in this sleeve, I can kind of show you, hopefully, without drop, spilling a bunch of primers. My, but you can oh, see right. there's 100 primers in here. And each one of these pre-COVID used to cost three cents. Mm. Okay. Well, now 1000 is costing you 80 to $120 for a brick of 1000 wow. Well, that's pretty quick math to figure out how much it's costing you per... Yeah. Primer pre-COVID yeah. is three cents every time you pull it. So trigger. should we add like should we say like two hundred and forty bucks or something for a primer? Well, let's just say um, you start out with a pound of powder. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's going to cost you. We'll just say sixty bucks. A, a brick of primers right now, uh, after COVID, is going to cost you roughly ninety. Okay. So all right, so primers, and then we need bullets, right? Yep, and that is way like if you pick two two three or if you're doing three seventy five shy tack, you know, no joke every time you pull the trigger at three seventy five shy tack, you're you're going into your billfold taking out over six five or six bucks mm -hmm. uh compared to um like a two two three. Uh you know, it's a fraction of that. So um rule of thumb is is if prices are somewhat normal. Uh, the reload is half the price of factory. That's a rule of thumb, but it just depends on okay, what so you do. Like, what should we throw in here for our budget on buying bullets? Then you think for some like we got to uh, buy nine millimeter and we got to buy two two three. Yeah, this is just to get started, by the way. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you get a box of bullets, uh, maybe a couple boxes of different bullets, so you can test them out. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you might you might be eighty to hundred bucks here. For for one box of bullets, not for both. A, 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 a couple boxes so you can test them out. So about a hundred and eighty bucks, right? Okay, so, so about a hundred for just just depends on what you're like. I said, if you're doing two two three or right. three seventy five shot pack, the bullet price difference is okay. Cool. Asper Warrior says, "Sounds like I could reload a lot cheaper by trading eggs to someone who already reloads." <laughs> <laughs> and then you need brass, obviously. The brass yeah. is the other thing. It's, that's yeah. where it, sometimes it's free. Uh, that's why I recommend if you go to the range, you're mm -hmm. looking down. Man, there's not a time when I go to the range, I'm not picking brass up off the ground. And yeah. Uh, yeah. that's that's like finding gold on the ground literally right now. And, yeah. Uh, especially if, when it, when times are good, you still pick up brass for bad times. So Yeah. I remember yeah. When, I, uh, when I started shooting, especially here on my own range, there was a, there was a guy that used to come here to the range and, and just like pick up the brass. <laughs> I haven't seen him for a while. I don't know if he moved or whatever. I mean, I was I was happy for it just because you know we were like because you know we shoot. We, there's a lot of brass on the ground here, so I yeah. guess yeah, yeah. we got to start collecting that. <laughs> yeah, and night and pistol straight walled pistol brass. You can mm -hmm. shoot an astronomical amount of times. Like mm -hmm. like no joke. You don't even keep track of it 30, 40 times. Straight walled. Mm -hmm pistol brass so it doesn't it's not bottleneck like a rifle okay you can shoot a lot of times now when it comes to the bottleneck rifle cartridges uh you really got to pay the attention to the amount of firings on that brass because you can get what's called uh, case head separation and that mm -hmm. that the head of that case can literally separate from the the back the base of the brass and it can be really dangerous so when you're picking that brass off off the ground i'm not so much concerned about pistol brass 
but when it comes to the rifle brass, you don't know how many fires are on that brass. A reloader could have came in there just like me and knew it was on its last flag and just laid it, let, let it lay on the ground. But a good rule of thumb is, is if you pick rifle brass off the ground, you can always inspect the primer. Mm-hmm. Usually more times than not in factory ammunition, they'll put primer seal, sealer on the uh, primer. It almost looks like someone took nail polish to the primer. And that's a good indication that it's been fired only once and it's from a factory new. Not saying someone that reloads couldn't put primer sealer on it, but it's usually a good indication that it's brand new. Okay, cool. All right, so just so we can get this done here before we uh, go to the next segment, is that everything we need to buy? Now we could go reload? No, so there's little okay. knick things like, like <laughs> trays. Obviously, we sell our tray. Our tray is, I would consider, a premium tray. Oh, right, um, okay. That's mm-hmm. 100 bucks, but you can easily buy a plastic tray or make your own out of a block of wood, just drilling holes in it just to hold your, your cartridges mm-hmm. while you reload it. Um, and here's the you know plastic trays here. So what's a plastic expensive. tray cost? Like uh... 10 bucks, 50, 20 okay. bucks. You okay, know, if so you want a premium one like mm-hmm. premium one like ours, well, this is a good point. Like mm-hmm. ours, yeah, ours might cost a hundred bucks, but I only have to buy one tray for everything. Say, like mm-hmm. I'm reloading for five different cartridges, mm-hmm. and one of these trays costs you know twenty bucks, and I got to buy five of them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same price as this, but I only got one on my bench. Yeah. So, yeah. And this um, is by far more obviously. I'm not being biased but it's superior oh no absolutely yeah we're going to talk about that here in the next segment what other things do we need i see 42 chill says books (laughs) are reloading your press so what Uh, are the books going to cost (laughs) if you're doing rifle you Mm -hmm. need a a brass trimmer Uh, a brass trimmer Mm -hmm. be for every every cartridge it can easily be 80 dollars per cartridge okay so you need to for rifle you don't trim Pistol brass usually. Okay, so 180 bucks or 80 bucks? Uh, about just, it depends on how many cartridges. If you start with one cartridge, it could yeah. be roughly 80 bucks to trim okay. it. You can get hand trimmers, but I highly recommend not doing any brass work by hand because okay. you're you're going to get old arthritis hands and hate yourself. And yeah. you also need a case prep center. Um, that's probably going to be another. I would recommend getting some alignment case prep center for I think it's about 120. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And there's all these just little knick-knack things like calipers, uh, okay. funnels. Uh, okay. So if you get a so for knick-knacks, let's add a hundred. Let's add a hundred bucks for knick-knacks. Let's add a hundred sure. bucks for for knick-knacks here. Um, yeah, and books, books, yeah, books Butch, and all that. You name it. Yeah, you know we're at twenty five hundred bucks already, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's just yeah. to get started. That you can actually, right. which is not really bad if you think about it, because after that you're just buying the the you know the components that you need. You don't need to buy your press yeah. and all that all over again. But and you're you know, always gonna have that guy out there that's like, oh, mm-hmm. you can start with a kit, which you one hundred percent can. It just mm-hmm. like anything in this world, you get mm-hmm. into motorcycles, and you can buy the entry level or buy the premium. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just. It just depends on how far down the rabbit hole you want to get. But I tell you yeah. right now, the kit lease I've found through numerous guys, they end up throwing half of it away. Uh, and they, you know, I always say this, buy the best that you can afford. Yeah. I think that, listen, to me, 2500 bucks is not too 
too bad you're to to re, to go back in there and do even if you wanted to switch in different calibers is not going to be expensive i know that asper warrior was uh was talking about the chicken thing look if your friend had to for a friend of yours to set up and start kicking out eggs he's got to buy chickens get a chicken coop you know he's got to feed those chickens he's got to protect them because they there'll be coyotes going after them all that kind of stuff he's got to figure out how that works right there's a whole bunch of stuff involved in that too might not be as expensive as this but anything that you do costs some money you know and i think it's not it's not a bad idea um to do at all because you know you get to have the independence of being able to reload yourself go uh you know what we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back because we're going to cut it's going to cut off okay the who moved my freedom podcast is made possible by our partners at 2a commerce veteran owned and with over 20 years experience 2a commerce is the leader in custom e-commerce and web application development in the shooting sports industry clients include major brands such as guard dog body armor sylvan arms accufire technologies the tactical games warrior knife company and yours truly hank strange visit 2a commerce and support this show by supporting them once again visit the number two a commerce.com okay sorry about that todd I, I wound up cutting you off there so okay we could be looking at we could be looking at 2500 bucks um what's your idea for this what's some ways people could save money i see people in the chat saying get a friend like some old guy who does reload and get stuff from him you can go on youtube oh here we go youtube <laughs> yeah let me just show you something here for this is what i advise doing so if you go uh -huh. to ep integrations uh, to the playlist area of the EP Integrations YouTube channel, we have a complete start to finish reloading series mm -hmm. on how to reload for, for a rifle. Mm -hmm. If you go to Elster's Rifles and Reload, I have a complete series of how to reload for pistol. Now, what I recommend doing is not only are you going to watch these videos to learn how to reload, but while you watch it, grab a piece of paper and a pen and watch me do the process. You're like, okay, I see he's using a press. I need a press, number one. Oh, I see he's decapping uh, primers. I need a decapper. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I see he needs to clean the brass now, so I need some means of cleaning it. I write that down. Uh, I also see that he needs to dry the brass now, so I need some means of drying it. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. yeah. So not only are you are learning the process from start to finish, but you're also writing down a list of what you think you need to purchase, depending on which rabbit hole you want to jump down. Mm -hmm. which money rabbit hole you want to jump down mm -hmm. and you're learning at the same time and you're, you're combining all that together along with reloading manuals jump on very knowledgeable websites that have reloading forums like snipers hide accurate shooter.com and you're combining all the information hopefully you got a friend you can go over his house sit down mm -hmm. with him he can help you reload and if i said this before i'll say it again it's all about starting your own journey and you're mm -hmm. learning as you go through that journey and, and, and creating your own setup from what you've learned yeah anything you get into has startup costs 42 chill says elfster has good videos um you know uh that's that's why he's here he's a very knowledgeable guy so and then there are some ways be before we go because i do want to cover before we get out of here the you know the stuff that you're making but there are some ways that people can save money right you've got uh like let's see uh, what did I see people say here? Go to uh, look for deals, gun shows. Um, you can probably get some auctions, uh, garage sales. What's your ideas to save some money on some of these components? 
Well, right out of the gate, when it comes to components, the number one thing you, you can save is obviously picking up range prick bass. Just be careful when you're picking up range prick bass, especially your bottleneck rifle cartridges that's not been overshot. Pistol cartridges, you don't have to worry about so much, but um, obviously keeping an eye out for deals, uh, not pushing my own channel, but I, I do push, uh, not push, but post affiliate links on there that have promo codes so you can save money on uh, primer, brass, powder bullets, uh, whatever other deals. And I don't see me, but I also check out Hank Strange mm -hmm. for his deals. But a hundred percent check out Elfster's stuff. He's the guy who's going to know the stuff about this. Trust me on that. Go to his stuff. I've, you don't have to, you don't have to push me. I want to, I want to make sure people, you know, realize that you're a great resource for this. That's why I'm asking you all these questions. So yeah, gun shows are great. No, don't mm -hmm. get, and I'm not knocking on gun shows, but man, it's really hard to beat the power of the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, usually Brown Owls is my, one of my go-to places for, for finding components, especially with the promo codes. Mm -hmm. Not hard to find those promo codes at all. Uh, other places like Mid-South Shooters, uh, not just Reloading Supply, Midway USA, um, just some of the few, and you know, some of the best deals I actually find locally at my local Shields. I actually actually had the most luck trying to find hard to find components such as primer and powders for sure, uh, even bullets. Um, I've actually had more luck at Shields than anyone else. Uh, what's down. uh, what's Shields? Is that like a oh man, my my camera? They're like, like Cabela's. Okay. Yeah, they're mm -hmm. kind of like Cabela's, um, but depending on where you're located. Oh, okay. Uh, I okay. absolutely love Shields, though, man. They're, they okay. actually match online pricing. Whether mm -hmm. it comes to guns or components, they, they typically match online, which is a really mm -hmm. amazing aspect of going to Shields. Okay, um, cool. Okay. Um, do, you ever, do you ever buy used stuff? Do you, you know, they're like uh, groups and things like that that you're in that people sell stuff or... You know, maybe someone yeah. passes on, and then everyone's the like, "Oh, I know." Sales, I was just okay. gonna say that, like a state mm -hmm. salesman, you can usually jump on Facebook, and they might have a state sale, whether or not they the mm -hmm. guy might be getting out of reloading, and they got a ton of. But I've seen that, man. I've literally seen a state sales where, like, holy smoke, some of the stuff they're giving away is unbelievable. Um, but I, like I said, your your best bet is just keeping a, a an eye online, especially for those components that are super hard to get. Mm -hmm. um, like powder valley is another good one for trying to find hard to get powder mm -hmm. um but yeah it's that's all about the components um the the component the products that you need to reload from presses or whatnot are pretty easy to get for a while their presses were actually really hard to get like mm -hmm. you couldn't get a coax press or any press of that nature during the height of covid but they're pretty easy to get right now so yeah uh, but if i was a, somebody you know Brown L's with the promo codes is pretty freaking hard to beat. Yeah, so. um so forty two chill says hazmat costs when ordering online unless you order big. So is there like extra charges right. for hazmat? Can I type of stuff? Right. So if you buy anything like primers and powder, there is hazmat. Uh mm -hmm. but that's where I think with brown owls and the promo codes kinda offset some of that expense really helps. Obviously if you buy in bulk uh, if you know, hey, man, this powder shoots great out of this particular rifle. If you can get eight-pound jugs rather than one-pound jugs, you might get an extra pound for free out of that eight, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, you know, and then obviously primers, uh, but they're pretty hard to get right now. But pre-COVID, mm -hmm. um, you, know, you know, you might save a little bit. It's usually on the, the powders where you're really going to save buying in bulk. Uh, okay. Even bullets. So. 
Okay, so last question on this, and then we're moving on. How much space do you need? Because that's a thing a guy has to consider here, right? How much space, and where do you set all this up? Obviously, you've got your space here. Right. I would say the minimum is about a four-foot bench. Uh, I've seen guys do smaller. Matter of fact, a guy these guys reload on the on the fly when they're out uh, in competition, literally in their hotel room. I've seen I, it. I've uh, seen it too, man. I've got pictures somewhere yeah. of uh, of uh, yeah. folks doing that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I would say for your, your own home beds, the smallest you're you're gonna want to do is probably four feet. This one here is an eight-foot bench. I've actually considered. I actually got a whole other room that. I was going to make into a whole new reloading, bench, or reloading room, but that's a long story. But, you know, comfortably, if you can get a six to foot eight bench, that's pretty good. This is eight feet, and I've, you can see it's pretty crowded. Um, I would say I'm more than your average reloader, though, too. So mm -hmm. uh, it just depends on how many cartridges you're going to reload. Or if you're jumping down the kneeler process, you need room for a kneeler. Or, uh, I got two presses. You know, I never thought mm -hmm. I'd have more than one. I said two. There's another rule of thumb, though. It, whatever bench you get, you're usually going to want to mount it to the wall. Uh, you don't want that thing moving while you're cranking down on this handle. Um, mm -hmm. You put a lot of force on this handle, and some of these casings have gunpowder in it. And if that bench is shaking and rocking around and that gunpowder is spilling out of that case mouth opening, mm -hmm. uh, you don't want that. So you, that bench has got to be rock solid, and this is literally lag screwed right to the wall. Okay. Um Okay, so you don't, so you really don't need that big of a space. So you can probably find some room in your, whatever your gun space, garage, or whatever you got. Right, and okay. some guys, I've no joke, seen benches so small, it looks like they're reloading on their nightstand, damn near. But I would mm -hmm. say comfortably, you know, just starting out, one or two cartridges, minimum four foot. But I, I would, if you can, start with at least eight foot of bench. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Awesome. Oh, another thing too is okay. I recommend okay. kitchen countertop as a benchtop surface. It's kitchen almost countertop? indestructible. I can literally take a black magic marker right across this thing and wipe it off a brake cleaner. Try doing okay. that with a wood polyurethane benchtop. I've seen some of these guys make. It's not going to happen. Okay. So what kind of kitchen countertop is that? Is that like uh same same kitchen countertop that's in the kitchen? I mean, it's literally. I went to uh, Home Depot. Got a, mm -hmm. a pre-cut eight-foot chunk of kitchen countertop. Uh, they, it's not marble or anything like that. It's just your regular no, run-of-the-mill. It's just okay. a mica top with a part okay. of the board uh, bottom. Then uh, it's got a three-quarter inch gap on the bottom. I mm -hmm. reinforced the bottom with another layer of three-quarter plywood, and I glued and screwed that together to make this uh, rigid. And then they had they made they sold these adjustable uh, bench frames here that you can adjust from four foot to eight feet you just expand it and put the lag screws through and then i screwed up through that uh rail up into the bench top surface okay interesting okay very cool yeah all right so now what i want to do in the time that we have left here is talk a little bit about what uh you know uh what the company is making so tell us about the company i know you mentioned it a little bit but tell us like how you started making your own stuff and what you guys are making exactly sure so just kind of touch base on annealing. Um, there's three types of annealing, uh, typically. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the big three is, the big one is flame-based annealing, where you're literally using a blowtorch and a torch head, and it's producing a flame. That's flame-based annealing. That's probably the biggest one of all three. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one is uh, induction annealing, and then there's also 
salt bath annealing where you're literally melting salt into a molten form and it is over 900 degrees and it's super dangerous unless mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. you like playing around with little micro volcanoes i don't re- recommend doing that <laughs> uh, a lot of guys do it but i don't recommend doing it so okay. I, the, in my opinion the big two are flame-based annealers and induction annealers okay uh, there's a ton of flame-based annealers out there obviously ours is one what i you know trying to be biased but there's a reason why uh scott peterson or myself design the ep point annealer uh <laughs> is uh it adjusts from the smallest of casings 17 hornet up to 50 bmg and it adjusts in literally 30 seconds or less while having to add or remove any parts uh there's and we have a patent on this a patent pending on this okay and that's what that's really shine can we and, see it up close one more time if you don't mind yeah yeah sure mm-hmm. and um just to kind of give you an idea i don't know if that is coming through or not yeah that's good we can um, see but this is 300 blackout so i can actually run 300 blackout through this so just to give you an idea how this works so there's a flame here and what a kneeler does is it precisely gets a piece of brass in and out of the flame at a precise amount of time oh and, i see okay and that's what you're heating up the neck to recrystallize the the brass uh to a softened state so you can get more longevity out of it, more consistent headspace bonds. More so that that space of time is always the same space of time, or you're setting a number on your machine there and no, then it's changing? Okay. There's different things. And I actually have a full series on EP integrations showing mm-hmm. you not only how to use this, but uh, why you use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to go, this was 300 blackout. So just to show you the, how this adjusts, um, I can. this is called the shim plate. You screw this in. This is 223. Um, this is called the brass stopper. So you can, this is what makes the EP integrations shine is you don't have to add or remove any parts to go from casing to casing. And here's the adjustable fence, uh, here. And now I just went from 300 blackout to a two, two, three. So you can see now it drops two, two, three. I'll let this cycle and I can shut this off and now I can go to 300 blackout. So let me put three on the blackout in here. So I just, you can see, I can just keep, the longer the casing that gets, the more I'm screwing in this, what's called the adjustable shim plate. Oh, that you're moving it down. And I'm just okay. mm-hmm. seeing three things here, the shim plate, the brass stopper, and the fence. Okay. And now, mm-hmm. and now I'm on to 308. So you mm-hmm. can see I'm, I'm now doing 308. And if I can do anything, uh, rimmed, no rim, all the way up to 50 BMG, and I'll show you. Even with 50 BMG, I just let this thing screw all the way home. Um, and this is called, there's a wing nut here. And then I just adjust this fence. And here's a fi- actual 50 BMG casing. Mm-hmm. So now I just, within seconds, went from 308 to 50 BMG. Wow, and no okay. problem. I'll let that drop again. So 17 Hornet to 50 BMG. When we say 17 Hornet, it's a dinky casing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, for two hundred sixty-eight dollars, it's it's pretty hard to beat. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've got. I noticed that. John, by the way, I just noticed that John Crump uh, just jumped into the chat there. So, shout out to our friend John Crump uh, of uh, Amoland, GOA, 
uh, John Crump news, all kinds of crazy stuff that Crump has going on. I think he's breaking some news. I don't know if he can come on and talk about it before we get out of here. But um, I think he's saying that there was like a data breach at SB Tactical. So um, he's got the specific details. I don't want to get deep into that. If he comes on, he might tell us what he knows right now. Otherwise, I would suggest you guys go look at John Crump Live or John Crump News. One of those... Um, should have the info, but yeah, apparently uh, there's been a data breach there. Let me see what he says here in the text that I'm looking at. Uh, September 19th to December 13th, there was a data breach. Uh, credit card numbers, uh, CVV addresses, um, uh, names, expiration dates, etc. So he says he's getting his kids ready for bed, but you guys will probably be seeing more of that uh, coming out in the next several hours, days, etc. from uh, John Crump. So just be on the lookout for that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to come on from what I see him saying here. So I don't know if you have any comment on that. I know I'm just finding out about it, and so are you. So, Well, didn't... Uh... Eighty percent lowers or something. Uh, just file a lawsuit against the ATF. I mean, it's pretty big. Yeah, deal I think now. polymer polymer eighty. Yeah, they just uh, I saw and they're that. Basing that off the bump stock uh, um, that went through the lower courts underneath the Supreme Court there because yeah, I'm not totally sure that. Yeah, I think um, I think Crump has some news on this as well as I know I was looking at Guns and Gadgets had something about it. Um, you know, basically the the ATF is is changing the rules and all that kind of stuff and classifications and trying to put them out of business. You know, by basically people in America have the right to make their own firearms. You know, so reclassifying and going after these guys and going after Polymer 80 specifically and all that, in my opinion, is not a good idea. So I know that they did, they did, um, you know, file some lawsuits. We'll have to see what happens with that. I wish them success on that because all this stuff going on is a lot of nonsense out there. Um, with um, SB Tactical, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't really well, know what to do right now. On the mm -hmm. bump stocks is going to be a heaven sent, not only for bump stocks, but mm -hmm. for braces, 80% mm -hmm. lawyers, lowers. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just mm -hmm. tells the ATF that you can't be some fiat proxy and just make yeah. laws when laws are obviously made by the legislative branch. Mm -hmm. And it has to go through a process. You just don't willy-nilly mm -hmm. just get, make up your own laws. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I think we need some success with that. And I think also what everyone saw going on in Congress last week, you know, with these guys holding out to change the rules, um, I'm all for what those guys were doing. And I think we'll see in the next year to two years here where it comes into play because Congress can put pressure on, on these places. I know one of the things I think Congress is already attempting to do is to pull the funding for all these extra IRS agents. Well, there's in the works, there's funding for extra ATF agents and all that kind of stuff. And I'd like to see, you know, Congress actually put pressure on these guys and get them to back off because basically they're using these big, you know, um, you know, alphabet companies to harass American citizens. And a lot of this, uh, I mean, all of it to me is a violation of the Constitution. So we need to see that kind of pressure coming from Congress. People need to sue the folks out there, you know. Know, we need to push back on all of it. So, yeah. Well, I think our six races coming back to 
we mm-hmm. largely have power of, of the house now and we have the mm-hmm. speaker of the house so hopefully that he can come through for us but it's mm-hmm. all those little subcommittees within the house that has some you know checks and balances mm-hmm. to hopefully keep places like the atf line you know just we need it man <laughs> you know, yeah we need it whatever. we also need them to take a look at the social media platforms here i think we saw from what from um, right. elon musk buying twitter and the stuff that he's been putting out right. there that these platforms have been misused and um they also need some checks and balances especially because they enjoy protections that we the people gave to them and you know right. there needs to be checks and balances on them because uh, they're definitely violating our first amendment rights when they're telling us that we can't talk about or show things that you know basically rights that we have uh, from the second amendment right yeah That's 100% crazy. they're just trying to silence our voice and yeah. if it comes to just like Mr. Guns and Gears is going through right now mm-hmm. shutting down his channel like me and my page has really been mm-hmm. taken down four times put back up and mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know everything about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, it never ends. And yeah. um, if if you don't do something about it, I mean, it's just going to continue and it'll get worse. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, you know what? it seems like no one really gives two craps unless it happens to them, but they don't, mm-hmm. they don't realize that when they're suppressing your voice on social media, those, those are the guys, the tip of the spear, they're protecting your rights. Yeah. And, uh, 100%, if those guys are able to get shut down, you're not, going to have any voice at all because if they can do that to your, the channel that you're trying to watch and learn from they could do it to you can happen to you yeah you know? it'll always come back around to you all right we're going to take a break we're going to come back here and wrap up we wouldn't be able to keep the who moved my freedom podcast going without the support of manufacturers like safety harbor firearms shf is a quintessential family-owned small business totally representative of the American dream. Safety Harbor Firearms is a Florida-based manufacturer of the compact entry stock and the SHTF 50 upper for an AR-15 lower. Also, SHF happily delivers on your Sten Gun parts needs. So don't forget to check out StenParts.com and SafetyHarborFirearms.com. All right, so as we come back here, speaking of uh, Safety Harbor Firearms... Uh, I just want to show you, this is actually the thumbnail for yesterday's episode that's up on Utreon and it's up on YouTube as well. Uh, I just wanted to show you this because if you're going to SHOT Show, Walter is going to have these cool new patches. (laughs) You know, SHTF 50 patches. One is with a gnome and one is with some kind of beaver type creature. That looks familiar, but I'm not going to say what I think it is. So that's from episode 957. <laughs> and if you're going to go to SHOT Show, he's going to have those there. Are you going to SHOT Show, Todd? Well, I tell you, in 2020, right when COVID hit, no one knew it was mm-hmm. COVID. I got so mm-hmm. flipping sick, and I got mm-hmm. ungodly sick. And mm-hmm. um, I I even talked to you, I think, well, mm-hmm. hey, man, it's the first time at SHOT Show, which I gave some advice. You're like, well, just expect to get sick. They have what's mm-hmm. called the SHOT Show crud. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I got super sick. I'm like, holy Christ, if this is the shot, I don't ever want to go. <laughs> so, I mean, and I was eating, like, washing my hands with, you know, cleaner. And, like, before I eat, I was cleaning my hands with, like, a, uh, I don't know, it was ridiculous. And I, yeah. I was flying home on the plane, and I, I everyone, every other person was coughing, hacking, and wheezing. And I got home, and I, I called my woman. I'm like, man, if I'm not sick by the time I get home, I'll be amazed. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I got deathly sick and 
I mean, obviously I, I went through rounds of cancer and, uh, yeah. matter of fact, I just hit my fifth year in remission. Um, yeah. Congratulations, I mean, I, man. I, I, I got so ungodly sick. And then the second round of COVID, I, I Delta was even worse. I actually ended up in the hospital with COVID mm-hmm. pneumonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then not even, uh, two weeks after I got out, my sister got and she passed. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I just don't know if I can do that right now. And I, I, I do plan on going back. I just, okay. I, I don't, I just will know when the time's right, I guess. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, it's not in my cards right now, but I, I, I do plan on going back. But once again, I plan on getting sick again too. So yeah, your, your, uh, <laughs> your Instagram channel can always be worse. <laughs> It could always be worse. <laughs> Your Instagram is yeah. Elsters underscore rifles and reloading, right? Yeah. Yep. So here, I'll put yeah. I, I, I think, do you have a backup one? No, not on Instagram. To be honest with you, I don't yeah. really do much on Instagram. I do have okay. EP integrations on Instagram, but most of my mm-hmm. stuff is usually done on Facebook. Uh, okay. We have both EP Let's integrations EP, and uh, Elsters EP. rifles reloading on Facebook Integrations, uh, EP and then integrations. Okay. So integrations. If I spell it right, nope, I didn't spell it right. Because of my fat thumbs. Uh, let's see. I'll see if it comes up. Uh, no, I don't know if that's. Is it an underscore? Oh wait, it might be this. Whatever this is. Nope. Shooting daily. That's someone maybe who tagged you or something. Okay, I'll find it. You guys can look out there yeah. and find it. I saw somewhere on social media, man, you had like a zipper in your back, man. That's crazy. I think Lola was showing yeah, that yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, uh, most people don't know this, but I went mm-hmm. through a nasty round of, of uh, cancer, and I had a mm-hmm. tumor on my spinal cord. Uh, wow. This is a 3D mock-up of it. Uh, so to give you an idea, um, I don't know whatever you can see the size of my hand and how yeah big that's huge my that's baseball size yeah and it was infecting my it was not infecting but in, in uh intruding on my spinal cord and this wow. was, i had to go to mayo and rochester to get this removed they couldn't mm-hmm. do it really anywhere else because they mm-hmm. had to get the experts in there mm-hmm. and they did this 3d mock-up and they did a whole resection and they had to remove half my spinal cord uh, spinal cord not spinal cord but spinal column and then fuse my my vertebrae with two eight inch titanium bars with 12 screws. And, and then I had to do the whole 21 rounds of proton treatments before. And what was it? 45 rounds of proton treatments after, uh, and you literally get a face mask over your face and you're strapped down for an hour, mm-hmm. 42 times a shot. And, um, what I mean, I could go on and on, but I know. it really opens eyes of what's important and not important. Like literally, you get up in the morning and stop your bitching, mm-hmm. and you you learn what's important and not important. And I to be, to be honest with you, I, I stayed at Hope Lodge uh, in Rochester. I seen a, a lot of people that had a heck of a lot worse than I did, mm-hmm. and especially little kids and parents and tow on a gurney. Mm-hmm. And even I stopped my bitching. I'm like, man, just yeah. if I get through this. Uh, yeah, it's, it was really tough. So. Yeah, it was tough, man. I know Lola was showing me that zipper on your back, and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. pretty much, I wouldn't say my whole back, but it's over two feet yeah. long, yeah. I think. But they literally had to open wow. it up and stuck <laughs> over a half inch of flesh around it, remove wow. half my spinal column, 
And then while my my spinal cord was exposed, they put a radiated piece of plastic over it mm-hmm. to kill off the whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was year a, a year of hell. I like I yeah. said, it, it gives you a whole new perspective on uh, yeah. people who go through cancer. How much it sucks. Absolutely, man. When I when I was a younger man, probably half the age that I am now, I got Crohn's, and I wound up having to get like a resection here in my stomach, and it goes from like you know right under my rib cage down, and uh, I, you know that's I thought that was bad, but yeah, there's always you know there's always worse things out there, but we're here, man. If yeah. we're here, we yeah. can, we, we can kick yep. ass. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I got out of that too, I couldn't even move my right arm and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the doctor's like, well, either it's going to come back or not. And mm-hmm. it literally took three years, a year just to do this. And I was worried I would never pull a trigger again. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. I'm glad to story. I'm glad to see you're here, man, and I'm glad that we yeah. you know that uh, we we got you back here on the show. What I'm going to do here before we um, get out of here is I'm going to give you a chance to tell the folks out there where can they find you, how can they communicate with you, support you, etc. Go for it. So I will say I got my main channel, Officers Rifles and Reloading. I got my YouTube channel. That's probably the big one. But I also have Facebook, Instagram. Um, I am on Twitter, but I'm really not on there that much, to be honest with you. Um, then I'll say I have my, my, the business aspect of it. And it, the EP integration is, is just not me. It's my business partner, uh, Scott Peterson, which is my good friend and neighbor. I view him more of a friend than as, as a neighbor. And we, we really work great together. And um, that's where the EP comes from. My last name is Alfred. His is Peterson's EP integration. Um, we, 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 it's, we've been right out of the gate. We've been doing amazing. We can't make these annealers fast enough, especially with these reloading blocks. That's going really, really well. Uh, obviously our main, uh, website with EP integrations, which is www.epintegrations.com. You can buy online there. We got pictures, videos, you name it. Uh, our hot, our email is uh, epintegrations.hotmail.com and no joke, usually reply within the hour, if not within minutes. Um, and we back up our product. If you have any issues, uh, you send us an email. We will take care of you guys. Uh, we also have our Facebook page and Instagram for EP integrations also. All right. Awesome. And uh, let me just take this opportunity to remind people that they can use the code Hank Strange at EP Integrations and save 5%. And that's from today, from the 10th. Uh, today is what? January 10th. Your birthday. Happy birthday. Um, to the 17th uh, of January. You guys can save 5% on there using the code Hank Strange. Um, you know, I also want to remind everyone that next week we're going to be at the Tampa RV Super Show. That's like the biggest RV show in the country. And, you know, they've got Class A's all the way down to trailers and stuff like that. I do Class B's. That's what I'm in now. I'm actually in my van, Todd. I have a Class B van. Yeah, I actually started a whole other channel. <laughs> you uh, too. Yeah. Over, which, <laughs> yeah. Which I'm going to do nothing but my cargo trailer conversion. Mm-hmm. Uh, tr- converting a cargo trailer uh, into a camper. Yeah, absolutely. And what? where can people find that stuff if they want to see that? That's just on YouTube. It's literally okay. my, my name, Todd, T O D D, Alphers, E L F E R S. Right. And um, I just started it, uh, but I. It's going to be a pretty serious deal. It's going to be literally everything out of my gun world and reloading world, uh, from campers to electronics to cameras, computers, everything I have interest in. 
above and beyond reloading and guns. Okay, awesome. Cool. There you go. So big thanks for coming on. I'm going to run in the end, and then we're going to come back, and you're going to give some words of wisdom. So I'm giving you a little chance here to uh, think of what kind of you know wisdom you want to drop on the folks out there. But I really do appreciate you taking this time and coming on and giving us all this good advice. Um, and I would really encourage the folks out there, if you're into reloading, you, you know, seek out Todd Elfsters, Elfsters Rifles and Reloading, as well as EP Integrations. They've got lots of good stuff going on there that I think you guys are going to appreciate. And I'm going to run in the end. Stay right there, Todd. And we're going to come back with the words of wisdom. All right, guys, thanks so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate that. We're going to rip the audio out of this and throw it up on all your favorite places to get your audio podcast from. You can also go to hankstrange.com and get it. You can you can um, now get it from Audible as well. Lots of places out there that you can get the podcast from. We are approaching a 1,000 episodes here. So big thanks to everyone out there that supported us over the years. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, Todd? Words of wisdom, sir. Well, honestly, I would just explain all the BS I went through about five years ago. And uh, when you go through something like that, uh, you really learn to appreciate what's important and what's not important. And uh, if I am getting words of wisdom, uh, treat every day like it's literally your last and make it special. And your friends and family, especially the ones you love, is the most cherished thing I you could ask god for and you never know when your last day is going to literally be your last and make every day like it's your last absolutely thank you so much todd i appreciate it we'll see you guys i believe we're coming back tomorrow and doing another show tomorrow so we'll see you guys then big thanks to everyone out there let me uh press the buttons and end this right now